0: You are listening to the iFanboy All Media Year in Roundup, Part 1, brought to you by Graphically. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know. Welcome to the iFanboy.com 2011 All Media Year in Roundup Part 1. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan.
1: I'm very, very excited. This is,
2: this is a truly an exciting moment. I look forward to this all year.
0: We are iFanboy.com, and we like comics. And Normally we talk about comics every week on this show, but we also like other media. Every year since 2006, we've been ending the year with an All Media Roundup podcast where we talk about movies and TV and music and video games and books and also comics, too. Everything we loved in the year 2011. So before we get going in the show, a reminder, this is a review show, so we'll be talking about TV shows and movies and things that happened in them. So if you are waiting for the DVD release or you are waiting for the Blu-ray or Netflixing a movie and you haven't seen it yet, you might want to skip the segment because we might spoil something and, you know, they'll suck to be you. So
2: be careful. Yes. So we're going to start things off. We're going to talk about movies and TV in part one. So movies. Well, wait, should we, should we disclaim movies that these are movies we enjoyed aside from the comic book movies that we talked at length about? Yeah, we, talked,
0: and, we did a show for each comic movie that came out. So if, if you want to hear our thoughts on those, go to those. We're going to exclude those to talk about non-comic stuff. Also, I feel like it's worth mentioning that most of the really good films get released in December for award consideration. And we record the show in December, so it's hard to see all the really high-profile movies that come out. There's a bunch on my list I haven't even seen yet. I haven't seen Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. I haven't seen Hugo. I have there's things like that. The artist, the artist, yeah. You know, Descendants. I, I, I just, yeah. I oh, saw the well, on Donnie,
1: well, I didn't, but it's it's hard
0: to
2: see them all. So a lot of people wonder where where's Hugo talk. Well, it's you know. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna probably see a lot of movies by the end of the year. But it, we didn't just get them into the show. It's but actually, I yourself. actually, but actually that said, like I was looking at the lineup for December and that sort of thing, and I, I mean, I think it was a I, it was a good year for movies at least for me. And I saw a lot of ones that I would consider some of the best of the year that came out way prior to December so sure, it's a, it's just, a there's a lot
0: of high profile big ones yeah. that are out in December yeah, we- and,
2: one, and one other quick note on the comic book movies great year for comic book movies just, we, should attu- yes. we should adjust that between Thor Captain America X-Men First Class I mean it was a banner year and it was a really lot of fun I mean I fat, for the first time in years I bought all the blu- Blu-rays when they came out like I was just so excited for it so definitely go back and search the feed or the site for the, those podcasts to hear what we thought of those movies and uh, next year G.I. and Avengers and Batman and, yeah uh, crazy
1: yeah. This is, but this is the three year cycle. This is 2008 was the great year. Yeah. And now 2011 will be the great year. Yeah. I, I worry about next year. I
2: worry <laughs> about it. Yeah. All right, well, let's dive in. So, Josh, lead us off.
1: Well, I didn't get to as many movies in the theater this year, but the couple that I did get to go see, I enjoyed a lot. And uh, one night, my wife and I managed to find a babysitter and we went and go, went to see Bridesmaids. And it, it was like, a, well, I guess we'll go see this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, I like Kristen Wiig. It's fine, but uh, the, the movie was a lot better than I had expected. And I, and I'm, I'm gonna go out on the, on. This is what I would say about that movie. Melissa McCarthy's performance in it was the funniest cinematic performance I have seen since Will Ferrell in Old School. Yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. That's how funny it was, and because it was so completely unexpected, I, I mean, I was in tears. I was laughing so hard it hurt, and I, I just had a ton of fun, and there was. It was just a lot of really good things in that movie, right down to Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd, the the British show. Yep. And I just thought it was, a, it was a hell of a fun movie yeah. and, and done in a different way than a lot of the, It had that gross out effect that a lot of them did, but it was less so. And it was, you know, it had heart and it was fun. And it was it's
0: also a big deal because it's, all, it's an all female. Exactly. Well, it was built as, is,
2: it was, yeah, it was built as like the female hangover almost, you know, like in that regard. It's much but, better than the hangover. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I, it's funny because I didn't see this because I had wildly different reactions from people I know who saw it. So people loved it. Some people absolutely hated it, really? which caused me to push it down the list. But and you have you have not
1: seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it because of it. No, that. but Ron, you did go.
2: Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed yeah. it. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. That's funnier than the Hangover. I really did enjoy the first Hangover. I hated it's the definitely. second one, I'm not sure. But um, but the you know, the de- definitely in the Hangover old school that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of like you said, the gross app. But it was good. I, I th- yet again, John Hamm steals the show. <laughs> He just so desperately wants to be a comic actor. I mean, he he'll do doing, any any movie. If you're shooting your own home movie and it's a yeah.
0: comedy, he'll show he'll up. He'll do
2: it. Yeah, he totally will do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I thought, I really enjoyed it. It was I I went into it kind of begrudgingly. Some, Josh, somebody, you're like, <laughs> okay, fine, let's go see that. There's nothing else to see, but um, it was
1: good. It was a good time. So and I and I'm 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 a dude saying this, so I'm, I want you know yeah. dudes give movies with chicks a chance. Yeah. Why not? Because chicks can be funny too, is what I'm saying, without being patronizing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, for me, there were several key tentpole movie releases this year that I was very excited for. And one of them...
1: <laughs> you're, the, you're the only person who's referred to this movie as a tentpole movie.
2: <laughs> and I think it's you'll make an the same... tentpole. Yeah, I think you'll make the same when I when I identify my other tentpole movies, you'll do you know, the same reaction. Yes. But for me, th- this year was all leading up to the Thanksgiving release of The Muppets, the return of The Muppets to the screen, after being, what was it, like 11 years since a the theatrical movie release? Oh. Um, after after ownership changes, after all this sh- shit that went on behind the scenes. But it took, you know, Jason Siegel and his bizarre obsession with muppets to uh to deliver us uh, the first muppet movie in a a long time and i gotta say while i loved the movie and gave it a solid b plus a minus and i had my i had a couple reservations and a couple of problems with it uh, no other movie rendered me to bawling tears more times than the muppets did and you saw it tw- multiple times and it happened
0: all every time. Yeah, I
2: saw it twice. What? Uh, yeah. What made you cry I laughed. Well, I cried three, I time. three they, they, times. Three times during the movie. Yeah, there were Okay, so I I I was tearing from laughing so hard because there were some That's great fair. jokes and stuff like that. No, but the straight up like crying happened three times. The first and I'll go I'll go from the back to the beginning. I I totally teared up. And teared up, like, eyes welled up at the end when they when they walk out. And, and, yes, and everybody's cheering for them. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Rainbow Connection performance during the telethon just, just got me. You know, like, when, when the the music swells and the lights come on and all the Muppets hold hands and they go forward. And, they, like, I was like, oh, God, because that just sums up the Muppets. But the, the, the one crying thing that got me the worst, and I was sitting next to Mike Romo, who writes for iFanboy. And I had to, like, sit there with my hand covering my side of my face because I didn't want him to see that I was bawling. And he was doing it, too. Yeah, I know so. exactly, and I had something in my eye, and that's a valid excuse, but um <laughs> no the the scene the the moment that got me, and I don't know what it was i well not i i don't I don't know what it, what button it pushed inside me, but um, when they started the telethon and Kermit takes that deep breath and then opens the o in show and then i I'm getting teared up just talking about it and um wow. and, he goes, and he goes it's the Muppet show, you know, and the, and they do the intro to the Muppet show, and the arches come in, and they do the you know it's time to play that. That opening, I was completely I just lost it. I lost I, my shit. I all had over a the different
0: place. first one. The first time I cried was when they go visit Kermit at his house and he's sad and he, he's looking at the old photos and he's sort of tinkling in the piano. Yeah. And I started get, getting emotional because it, it was sort of represented the, the way they've been shunted in the background. Yeah, no. Exactly. And then Rainbow Connection, like Ron said, when it first started, I didn't start crying, I started bawling. Really? Like, to the point where it was uncontrollable. It was it, – yeah. it, all of a sudden, I was like eight years old again. It represented so much of my yeah. childhood. It, yeah. it was so visceral. Well,
2: that, that, I think that's why I lost it during the intro, the intro to The Muppet Show because like – because cause whether or not I remember it or not, but like – me and my sister grew up watching the Muppets. I mean, between the Muppet movie, The Great Muppet Caper and watching the Muppet Show. And I remember being on the floor in my living room in Comac on Long Island, watch it like every Friday night watching the Muppet show. and And like even growing up, I remember my library, the library in my elementary school had a the Muppet Show book. And it was basically like a picture book, kind of yeah, like a yeah. comic almost, yeah, of the Muppet show and all these little vignettes and all this stuff like that. And every year I would take that book out and have it for like a month and just hoard it and read it. And I just love the Muppets. And it totally – that intro just brought all that back and I, I kind of forgot. Like that's the thing. I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It
1: so. was it was it t- really into the part. Muppets. Yeah. So, oh,
2: absolutely. So now yeah. I, I mean I probably owe it to everybody to share what my complaints were though. Yeah, yeah. Um. So but my I didn't have the same ones you did only because I was so caught up in –
0: Enjoying it Well that's, that.
2: the th- that's the thing Is that like The thing is It was genuinely funny There were some There were some great Very funny moments They, they had the, the I mean like I loved when the The whole premise Is they need to raise Ten million dollars To buy back the theater And when the sign When at the very end Of the telethon And Fozzie hits his head On the sign Because they came a penny short And the sign blinks And turns out They only raised like Ninety nine thousand dollars <laughs> And Fozzie goes Oh we weren't even close I don't feel so bad now Like I just I lost it Like there was the, the, That great kind Actually of... I, I had two problems with that I think it But go ahead Okay so but the thing was Is that I totally acknowledge that the nostalgia and just having the Muppets back totally um, was almost like a was almost like a distraction to like don't pay attention to the things that you have a problem with. And it wasn't until days later where I thought about it. I was like, wow, this really kind of bothered me. So here are my complaints. Um, the whole Jason Segel, Amy Adams characters, plotline, romance, I, you don't need. It was completely, it rel- super- it was, yeah, completely superfluous. Um, but I understand why it was there. I I get it. You know, I understand movies and names and celebrities and things like that. I thought for a movie called The Muppets, The Muppets sure weren't in it a lot. Um, I thought there was an over reliance on the new Muppet with Walter, and that the while we had little moments, we had Gonzo's moment, we had like the going to get the you know go, the car trip, going to get everybody together. It was really kind of very slim on true Muppet moments. So that, because that having
1: a billion characters is antithetical to the typical three right but if you look
2: story. at but if you look at the previous movies they were able to balance it like the old movies back in the day they were able to balance it perfectly I think I think there was the I think I think the Jason Siegel Walter characters took away from like and the, the they, ended, they really, well, that was, t- they that they really was were the story
0: yeah yeah but that was that that was in the that was NFL. It was not right. I, I mean, the
2: I they were in the yeah. center of it. The fact the final shot was Walter. Well, yeah, I, it should that was have been kind current. of wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, more specifically, I thought they were, I wanted more moments with my favorite Muppets. And it doesn't even have to be like a largest thing, but like for example in the Great Muppet Caper and The Muppets Take Manhattan, there's a great gag that they did in both those movies, which is when all the Muppets are talking and they're they're all arguing and whatever, and then Kermit yells Quiet and then everyone shuts up except Janice and she's going, And I told him I don't take my top off for anybody. You know like, and then she realizes that she's the only person talking and stops. That's a 30 second quick gag that you could do that, that ties back Two. to the legacy or a 10 second gag and we didn't have it. And so examples like that and and then my biggest complaint was just in terms of the songs and the music. Like, the, all the, like I love the, the music aspect of The Muppets. And I thought between the opening number and Amy Adams' By Myself song and the Am I a Man or a Muppet, they all focused on Jason Segel and Walter. And the one moment – the one chance that we had to celebrate The Muppets from a music standpoint when they're going to clean up the theater and Dr. Teeth goes, well, all right, and presses play in a boombox and they play We Built This City. Like that should have been an Electric Mayhem song. That should have been like, can you picture that from the Muppet movie or like what, you know, like that. It was a perfect opportunity to create a great new Muppet song and they went with a fucking 80s cover. Yeah. It wasn't a cover. Oh, it wasn't it was even a song. cover. Yeah. I mean, just an 80s song, a straight up 80s song. Like it was. Yeah. So
1: Jefferson Starship. Yeah. we
2: well, were very busy cleaning up. I know. But still, but you could have, you know, Dr. Teeth could have pulled the the, the tarp off the, the instruments and they sure. start playing and that would have been perfect. That's just me. All I- right. Summarize. Summarize, but it was, so B plus A minus. I loved it. Loved I, mean, it. D- I want despite more. my problems with it. I loved it. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Despite my problems, I loved it.
1: I had a hell of a lot of fun in the movie, but I I have I don't have any of the emotional things that everyone else does. Yeah, I, I mean, seriously, it.
2: I was I was I just just now I got choked up talking about it.
1: No, that's, that's fine.
2: Yeah. Super Eight was the big J.J.
0: Uh, Abrams film this year, and I thought it was the best Steven Spielberg movie this year.
2: <laughs> it was. I surprisingly enjoyed it.
0: I I really had a good time. I, I didn't see it. Right away, like, like most people did, I saw it like a month after it came out. But yeah. Yeah. I had a great time at it, and it really did feel like a steep, like an old Steven Spielberg movie. Yes. It yes, took it place really in did. the 80s. I, it even, it's even shot kind of like a Steven
2: Spielberg movie. Guys, There's a lot of art
1: direction in it. Guys, I saw it in the theater twice.
2: Twice? Wow. wow. That's
1: right. Well, the I went fa- the, saw it by the, myself the, once, and then I grabbed Lindsay and said, we have to go see this. It was one great. of the very few. Yeah, that's. The, the, moment, the moment those kids said Mint, I was in. The, the kids were
2: great the, and cast the fifth time they great. said it, I was like, "Stop, no, no, because that 's how we used to talk man yeah that's, that was an eighties
0: slang yeah. It was about you know an a- alien comes to the small town and and uh, the coach from Friday Night Lights is the sheriff and he's a bunch of kids and oh. it was it, it it was totally i think this is sort of nostalgic like Muppets, but it was totally a throwback eighties movie there 'll be another one of those in a few minutes, but there 's a lot of wonder in the movie in in the way that you don 't get anymore, and it was not ironic wonder, and it wasn 't like no. it wasn 't at all cynical, it was totally making a Steven Spielberg movie, which, you know, J.J. Abrams may not make super original movies, but he does do a good job. I like it. I,
2: I like his work. I like no, it. No, I do too. Uh, yeah, Star Trek yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. And,
1: Great kid actors, really. And that was the thing that, that made the whole thing hang together, yeah. I think, was that just the, the actor. I didn't know who any of them were. It was, it was very uh, funny. Yeah. 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 It was very funny. I mean, there was lots of thrills and chills, but I, th- I thought it was more than anything. It was very it funny. Was, it was like watching Goonies.
2: Yeah. Yes. It, had a very, it had a very Goonies-esque. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I totally agree with that.
1: That was a ton of fun. Uh, next one up is Limitless which I I managed to the way that I've been catching up on these movies to see them on Netflix or, or have them sent to me as soon as possible for the most part and this one was actually on Instant Now or watch instantly I just sort of watched it as a lark because I was like, "Oh, this will it's, be like a B movie." I
2: had the same. I was on a flight and I never watched the movies like on Virgin mm-hmm. or whatever. And, then, and so when I fly Virgin, you got to pay for the movies, but if you're in main cabin, select they're free. But usually, I never watch them because either I'm <laughs> sleeping or um, or uh, or whatever. But for some reason, I was on a flight and I was wide awake and I just didn't have anything on my laptop to watch. So I'm like, "Ah, oh, I'll see. I'll, I'll watch this Limitless."
1: So the same on a lark,
2: just like you, yeah. Josh.
1: Yeah. And and I like Bradley Cooper a lot as an actor. So I don't do think I. He, yep. I don't think he has a ton of range. I'm be honest with that, but uh,
0: But, but a lot of movie stars are like that. That's yeah,
1: and uh, man, for for people who read comic books for a living, I was like, oh, this is this is a really cool superhero, not exactly kind of story. It's a superpower story, and it was shot really well, and it was you know used the, the cinematics of the. Of the idea of having these these strange powers basically takes a pill and it, it heightens everything he can do. It increases. So he uses one hundred
2: percent of his brain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, so he's
1: not. Yeah. He's no. I wrote, I wrote a pitch. I wrote a pitch about that years ago.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> was, I totally. I as as watching it. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if like, boom, put out the series, or the, or yeah. like, it was like that. That kind of like interesting take, kind of could be real, but also
1: fantastic. I Did, love the blackout parts. where yeah. Like they would just cut, and you'd be like, what the fuck happened? He yeah. didn't know, and you don't know, and you've got to go with it, and there's all this fear that went along with it. Really really amazing action scenes at the especially near the end just the way that the sequences were laid out and how things went down it was a really fun science fiction movie dealing with a a sort of version of superpowers and uh if if the comics folk who are listening haven't haven't seen it uh it's definitely worth a watch
2: yeah it's it's one of those it kind of was under the radar and i was like this is really good de niro was great i mean like it was yeah 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 it was actually you know you know what was so good was that i didn't finish watching the movie On the flight, like I had to stop that we were landing, so I had to stop watching it, like with the last ten minutes. And then, like I got home, I'm like, "Is it on Netflix? I need to see how this ends." Like it was, (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I saw it on Netflix also. I really enjoyed it. It was a solid movie, and it was interesting, and it was unusual, which was good. I mean, it wasn't a great movie, but it was a very solid movie. I enjoyed that's,
1: and that's the best way to interesting, and it just wasn't the same thing, but it totally like kept my attention. It's actually really
0: funny. um, I was watching it and. (laughs) There's a scene in the middle where he takes the pill and he cleans his apartment up. You know, he, he like sort of mm. fixes his life and his metaphor. Uh, at that moment in time, my, the, the audio dropped out of my TV. Yeah. And I was like, wow, really interesting choice to go, go silent with this scene. And then, <laughs> and then it kept going. And I was like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Uh, this is wrong. So I had to go back and
2: reboot everything. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny similar to limitless one a movie that didn't make the list that we cut right before but in the same category with source code was exactly. surprising yeah surprisingly fun that sort of thing so yeah
1: yeah in a different way but yeah very very i really enjoyed that one too okay so um s- don't spoil this next one
2: well, <laughs> well, okay, well, for, we'll, sorry we'll, i
1: couldn't get to it and i want to see it
2: yeah so i i honestly in my probably in my short list of best movies of the year i've got to put drive on there Drive um, was not what you
0: expect. So much so that a woman sued over it. Yes, um,
1: <laughs> I, I, for, I don't for think what for I, ten bucks. It
0: does, she sued that it, it didn't look like the trailer. The movie she saw wasn't what the trailer made it out to be.
2: That really happened, anyway. Yeah, but I went into it not knowing very much about it. Not I kind of went, you know, it was very polarizing. I saw everyone arguing on Twitter about it, and and I loved it. And then I proceeded to have like an hour-long argument with a friend of mine on the phone who hated it about why he hated it and all that stuff. But for me, it felt like an '80s Michael Mann, like a kind of movie my parents would go see when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like it was an '80s Michael Mann movie made as an art house movie. Yes, yep, with an art house aesthetic, and it was. Shockingly violent Yes, yeah But it was also But but, but it was also like it, it hit on so many levels because, I mean the story Was fairly transparent The story was fairly Fairly simple In terms of what happened But deep relationships Subtle relationships Amazing soundtrack Flipping the switch Between emotions And relationships And connections And then just right Into violence Like the scene In the elevator car yes. yeah. yeah So like It was just great And again the soundtrack I've been listening to the soundtrack the Soundtrack is great to work with One of the best soundtracks Of the year it, it just it totally surprised. Albert Brooks It's uh, fantastic. Yeah, Ron it's, Perlin, it's basically
0: yeah. the, I mean the the story without spoiling it is a stunt driver in Hollywood is also a getaway driver for criminals and he gets in over his head. That's basically the story. Yeah. Ryan Gosling is the lead and he was great in a lot of stuff this well, year.
2: I got to say I'm I have turned around on Gosling. I have completely yeah. like I I had no opinion of the dude. I knew about the Notebook stuff like that. I never really saw anything. Earlier this year I saw Blue Valentine. Which mm-hmm. uh, came out early this year, and, and I, I th- I'm pretty sure it was this year. And, it, um, and I feel like it's, it's going to get ignored come Oscar time, but it should because I thought both Gosling and Michelle Williams were amazing in that. That was a gut punch. You walked out of that, I wanted to throw up, but in a good way. Um, but uh, that was <laughs> well, basically it was well, that basically chronicled it was. They're a couple, and it, and it concurrently sto- telling the story of them getting together and then then breaking up and all the stuff that happened in between and it was uh, and it was so real and it was so honest and it he was also so,
0: had Ides of March and he had Crazy Stupid Love which was surprisingly
2: yeah. quite good he yeah. had he had, he had had
0: three to four Blue Valentine was actually last year but it, was it, it last really,
2: year? oh shit okay well there you go mm-hmm. he had three really strong movies performances this year I yeah. think because he really broke out this year yeah this, I, this I, is I, just, uh, I, I mean to the point where I don't agree with people's sexiest man alive thing I should have been Gosling
1: I could not finish the Esquire profile on him yeah but that's really—it's sort of—I don't know—it was just—it was just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know anything about that the dude, be, just in terms of his that acting. That might be like, the writer's yeah. fault, but yeah, yeah. that's irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. I should add, hey, I'm shocked that they made a biopic on Milo Walkerman. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> I wish I got, kind of got excited when I saw that. I was like, really? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's not.
1: It's not. And well, no, listen, don't blow this for me either. If you've yeah, listened I I to the show for the last right. six years,
0: we've done this all, this all media show. You know that the one thing that holds this group together is our shared love of George Clooney. And without that, we would <laughs> oh, have splintered apart years ago. That's what that's holds a us weird together. phrase. <laughs> <laughs> this year was The Descendants, which is one of the big movies I, I made a point of seeing when it came out, one of the big December releases. And it is a fantastic drama. Uh, and it's George Clooney you wouldn't, you don't expect to see or normally see. He's playing a dad. He's kind of rumpled. He's kind of dumpy. He's, he's just a normal guy. And not, not to spoil it too much. But it's basically a guy whose wife is, is in a coma and she's not going to come out of it. And he's sort of coming to terms with the fact that he's got to take care of his daughters. He's got to come to terms with the fact that he, just, he finds out his wife was having an affair. And there's a whole subplot that he's a descendant of super rich Original Hawaiians, and him and his family own all this land, and it's coming up uh, where they have to sell it. And the, everybody in Hawaii wants to know who they're going to sell it to and what they're going to do. There's developers who want the land, and that's the whole point. That's the whole title of the, des- the Descendants. Who's the director? Alexander Payne, I believe. Right. Dude, did
2: it, he did Sideways, right? Yeah. He did Sideways, and and he did Sideways. The dude, written the dude from Community?
0: Yes, yeah. co-written by, co- by the Dean. No, the yeah. Dean. Oh, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. Really sweet, really funny, really goofy. I mean, it, it's sort of the perfect Clooney vehicle. He's charming at points. He's goofy at points in that sort of Coen Brothers way he sometimes is. He's uh, a good dad at points. I mean, it's just it's a really solid drama, a kind they don't really make much anymore, but it's a perfect Clooney vehicle. And if, you like, if you're a George Clooney fan, you have to see it. Yeah, that's not the
2: movie I'm going to see this uh, winter, this
0: holiday winter. Plus, the other the great thing about it is it's a movie that takes place in Hawaii, but it's not like a, we're going to Hawaii for a trip. Or, you know, there's just people just living their lives in Hawaii, you know? Right. It, 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 even, it opens up where, even opens up where he's doing a monologue about how I live in Hawaii. Everybody thinks my life is a vacation every day. I'm drinking Mai Tais. And I'm hanging out at the beach. And it's people mm-hmm. whose wives are dying or having affairs. It's just, it's just a backdrop like
1: any other. And paying but, a lot more for goods. Yeah. Well, he's, he's quite wealthy because he owns well, the land. So. Either yeah. way. So I saw a trailer for Hesher and I thought, that's interesting. I kind of want to see it, but it's also it's uh, starring uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Now, a lot of people like him. I'm not a fan. Uh, Haven't I, been. Love I love him. I know you do. Everybody does. It's just me. I totally can, can give her that. I didn't know what it was, but I went and got it anyway because it's basically about this weird metalhead dude. Um, <laughs> except it's not. It's a lot more than that. Isn't Natalie Portman in it? Natalie Portman is in it. Yeah. And even more impressive than that is Rain Wilson. Yeah. Basically, he's the father of this kid. The, this little kid is the the main, uh, you know, the story is about him and Rain Wilson's his father, and Wilson is devastated because the mother has died. And if you if you only know him from doing Dwight and other versions of Dwight in other things, he will break your heart in this movie. I was like that. It's an amazing performance by him. You know, overall, this—I don't know—the story is the greatest thing on earth, but the characterizations of the people in it are so well done and so interesting. I thought uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was, was fascinating in this movie. He just—he's hilarious. He he's just, a really he's good this, actor. He's a really, he's really this good metalhead actor. dude who just doesn't give a shit about anything, like at all. And and you've seen some movies about characters who just like don't respect authority or anything, but he it really goes a long way, and, and it's very funny. I love the choices he
2: makes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Besides that, it takes place in Los Angeles and it it pretty much takes place now, but like, kind of of like Connor says, when you say Los Angeles, there's a certain kind of Los Angeles that most people think of. This is the other part of Los Angeles. This is, you know, south of Los Angeles, (laughs) south of the 10, you know, where it's just sprawling suburbs and mini malls and, you know, people just working class people. And it has this weird aesthetic of... You don't really know. It takes place now, but it kind of could take place in the '70s, and it could you know, like has that sort of drive. You know, like, has that feeling? Yeah, like it's deep in the valley somewhere, like you know, like you know, way north in the valley, and just it's this great odd feeling uh, that I think really captured something about Los Angeles that uh, not enough movies do anymore. I really enjoyed it, and I laughed a lot at the beginning too, because every time he would show up at the beginning, they play selections of Metallica really loud, just like as a soundtrack to him coming into the room, and then it stops. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's totally worth it. It made no money. I don't think anybody saw it, yeah, but that, yeah, that. I think yeah, it's worth it. You did. Some friends of mine saw it and really didn't like it. I was surprised. So I, you're I, I wrong, was, Josh, apparently. Yeah, so I yeah. thought it was really interesting. Yeah. I now, totally now, Ron, watched. watch
0: Ron, this next movie I feel bad that I didn't get to see.
2: I, I'm, I'm really upset that you didn't see it. So what, what, it might have been Tron. It was some movie last year, holiday season, whatever. I forget what movie we saw, it, but we saw the trailer for Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. And... I was with a bunch of my friends here in San Francisco, and we immediately all just, like, mouths went agape, and we're like, robots boxing? <laughs> awesome! <laughs> and so, like, and so got so excited for it. They were at, I believe, and Josh was bared witness to this, I'm not normally one to get caught up in the promotional aspect of things at San Diego, <laughs> the San Diego Comic-Con, or anything like that, but on the side of the street, the real steel uh, street team with giving away t-shirts, and I had to have one, <laughs> so...
1: So So he walked up behind a crowd of 40 other people, stood there for a second and a half. They threw a T-shirt directly to him and he walked away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I was so – so this – in addition to The Muppets, another tentpole movie for me was Real Steel. I've been waiting all year for it and it delivered on every level. It, it was, got great reviews. It was fantastic. It was great. I mean, it's so take what's really cool. So it takes place in the in a near future. You never have a you never you don't really know exactly what year it is, but it's in the future. But everyone still drives cars and things like that. But the technology, the cell phones and computer technology is advanced, it's a little more Star Trekky. And basically, it's a world where humans have stopped boxing and instead they have robots and humans can control the robots. And that's what the new boxing kind of thing is. And Hugh Jackman is a down on like he's an ex fighter who's trying to, you know, trying to catch a break and he gets a robot and he loses and he needs to borrow money he gets beat up and stuff like that and uh, he fathered a child ten years before but didn't was you know didn't stay in touch with the kid or the or the mother and the mother passes away and he gets the kid dumped in his lap and it's they spend a summer together and he teaches the kid how to the kid of course the kid connects with the robots and it's fun and and then the kid the kid finds a robot in the junkyard and they clean it up and they start training and it's this like little sparring robot that shouldn't be a contender but with Hugh Jackman's boxing skills and this robots special kind of tenacity they able to climb the ranks and they go all the way to the top. They go, It's basically Rocky. Like no, it's, robots. It's, no, it's a little bit of Rocky. It's a little bit of over the top if you remember the Sylvester Stallone uh, arm wrestling Who's movie. you've forgotten over the top. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit of that with science fiction and robots, and it was like it was a blast. I strongly recommend it to anybody. It was a lot of fun. The robot fighting was great. It was emotional. It, t- it hit on every angle. It was oh, it was just it was a it was so much fun in the movies. It was great. I loved Real Steel. It totally delivered. Uh, again, a movie that I call and I call my dad. I'm like, you got to see this. So, <laughs> did, did he? No, he didn't. He does He, uh-huh. did. he didn't answer the phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a what- – <laughs> One of the best movies I saw this year was Moneyball, and I'm going to attempt to not go on too much of a tangent about how much of a fiction it was, or how it's a celebrating Billy Bean's attempt to ruin baseball. But um, well, that, that
2: that was a movie that you and I were dying for, also. That oh was, yeah, Moneyball
0: is was, was was a drama starring Brad Pitt about uh, the Oakland A's general manager to attempting to turn around his team, which was you know going nowhere, and written by Steven Zellian and Aaron Sorkin, two of the probably the best screenwriters in Hollywood right now. And uh, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic drama. Brad Pitt is very subtly brilliant in this movie. Yes, um, he's not a showy role. He doesn't really get big speeches or b- emotional moments, but it's a very elegant performance. And I thought even Jonah Hill was good as not J.P. Ricciardi.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, wasn't he not? Um,
0: uh, oh, oh, oh yeah, he was Ricciardi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It was about you know one man trying to trying to buck the system, and as a fiction, it was great. Yeah. The, the title card at the end was complete f- complete fiction. It was almost, I, I started laughing in the theater about how much of a fiction it was. But as a movie, as an entertainment piece, it was wonderful. The performances yeah. were wonderful. The uh, directing from Ben and Miller was wonderful. And the, the script was great. Yeah. Um, it's a baseball movie, but it's not really a baseball movie. It's not about the team. Even though the team is in it and it's about the team winning. But it's more about the guy trying to change everything yeah. around him, which I thought was great.
2: Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and it's, it was also... Personally, for us, like for me, that was right during a time period when I was really into baseball and I knew every player. Yeah. We <laughs> were at one of those games that they. We were. That they, uh, yeah. That they they yeah. The day showed me and yeah. you. Yeah. It was good. It I, was I, I, good. My, my one thing about it was I thought it was really interesting in that I thought, I, and we talked about this when it came out. I was like, I'm really curious what that movie would have been like if it came out before the Social Network was done. Because it really wanted to be social network, like social network y. Oh, inter- so. Yeah, no, but in terms of like, long, yeah, right, but like, you know, the shot, like people just kind of looking in, the, in like a plinky piano music, like it was very reminiscent of the social network in terms of structure and format and that sort of thing. Well, oh, it was um, the same writer. Well, but Sorkin didn't write. Sorkin did a pass on it. Like, Sorkin did he didn't the, write it? You no, know, someone else wrote it, and Sorkin did the last polish. <laughs> Well so um, wrote the screenplay and the Sorkin re- rewrote, so I assume a lot yeah. of those elements are probably because of Sorkin. Yeah, no, the thing is it lacked the Sorkin – it didn't feel like a Sorkin movie to me.
1: Oh, I was very excited because of that. Because well, I do not like sports, but I like sports No, movies. you should
2: still see it. You should still I'm, see. Don't it, worry. But, but yeah, you should still see it. But not. <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't have the fast paced dialogue and like all the like all the the trappings of Sorkin. Because I believe he was working <laughs> off of somebody else's stuff. It definitely okay. had those Sorkin elements, but those elements of the social network that I'm talking about, I think, are less of Sorkin. I think it's more, you know, uh, Fincher esque, more in the direction than in the script stuff. So
1: I yeah. imagine that you have to pay Aaron Sorkin quite a lot of money to do a polish on your script at this point. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I am? One of my favorite writer, director, filmmaker people is Tom McCarthy. You may know him as an actor in a bunch of things here and there. He's he's sort of a that guy. But you may also know uh, his previous movies, The Station Agent, which is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. I really love that movie. And then that other one that came out with uh, Richard Jenkins, whose name I can't remember that I didn't really like his
0: Oh, The Cellist. Yes. Like that. Was no, it's good. not
1: called The Cellist, but it's, it's like the, that.
0: It was something like that, yeah.
1: His wife died and yep. he met the guy on the street and they illegal immigrants, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Win Win stars Paul Giamatti, by the way. That's enough sometimes to go to a movie. Oh, Paul Giamatti's in it? Sure. He is a small town lawyer and wrestling coach. Oh, I saw the
0: trailer for this movie. Oh,
1: God, it was so good. Was it? It was maybe better than the station agent because Giamatti was helming it and Bobby Cannavale is in it. And if you saw the station agent, he's really funny in that. He's funnier in this. Like it's just like a, an uplifting sort of the movie visitor about was the, old movie. the visitor. That's the name of that yeah. movie. Yeah. I just I loved every bit of it. Like I, I just sat there. Like I can never make it through a movie all the way without getting distracted or having to go do something. And and we just sort of sat there and watched the whole thing. And it's just a fun, very small character-based movie. There's no high concept about it. It has to do with wrestling. You know, like and there's, but it's it's like this kid who comes in is inspiring and is a, a family tale and uh, just just a really good movie and a strong script. Totally take the time to go see it as one of my favorites of the year.
2: Similar in terms of sh- strong script and, and favorites of the year, uh, I got the opportunity to see a advanced screening back in early November of Young Adult, directed by Jason Reitman of Up in the Air fame, and written by Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno, and Jason Reitman directed Juno. So, kind of, oh, the, this movie the, looks great. And it was fantastic it was uh, so also but part of the script was cool part of the screening was so we got to see the movie and then afterwards Jason Reitman Diablo Cody Patton Oswalt and Charlize Theron were there to do a Q&A and by the way, Charlize Theron is just impossibly gorgeous. Like, like in person, like oh my god, like you're like kind of like the when I when kind were you Mr. with me? Mister F. No, Connor, I don't think you were with me. But when I was in New York City and I um I was, I think I was at was a Rufus Wainwright concert and the Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, yeah, and like and Kate Winslet was just like in jeans and an army jacket and a ponytail, but she had this like aura around her. And It's like <laughs> like she's just gorgeous and but yeah so the the movie is about a woman in her late thirties who's a young adult children's book writer, a young adult writer she ghost writes for like like the kind of like the Babysitter's Club series or whatever you know she writes about these high school high school kids and she's living in Minneapolis and living like a pseudo-metropolitan life but she's in Minnesota so it's not like she's you know New York or LA glamour like it's still in the middle of the country and <laughs> she uh, she randomly gets a and she's you know and they, they, they do very well like single woman in her late 30s you know like the, brutally honest you know like out with a guy comes home you know comes home drunk passes out wakes up the next morning in her clothes you know drinking Diet Coke and I, I imagine that. There's a lot of women who are going to watch this, and it's going to be like looking in the mirror. But she gets an email that her old boyfriend from high school and his now wife just had a kid, and that inspires her to go back to her hometown to try to steal her boyfriend from high school back, like try to get him back. And it becomes this like black comedy, deeply disturbing, dark events of just like social embarrassment, but amazingly honest, amazingly um, true. Patton Oswalt plays a, a misfit kid who she went to high school with. Of course, she doesn't remember, but he remembers her. Um, he got beat up in high school because the you know the jocks beat him up because they thought he was gay, and so and he's he walks a little limp now because they screwed up his leg, broke his pelvis and stuff like that. And she meets up with him in a bar, and they kind of connect. And he's telling her not to do what she's trying to do, and she tries to go after the. Boyfriend, but the relationship between Charlize Theron and Patton Oswalt is really interesting to watch happen. And it was just Diablo Cody. Say what you will, you know. I know some, you know, some people a polarizing name. What people think of Juno and other things that she's done. This is a great script. It was a great story.
0: Well, I read that she really toned it down. Yeah. the
2: uh, sort of jokey, pop culture dialogue. But
0: yeah. I really want to see this movie really, really badly. Yeah. A few months ago, my girlfriend emailed me saying, "Hey, I got tickets for the Conan movie," oh, and really? so I was like, "Oh, that's weird." <laughs> So I said, all right. (laughs) Go to the theater. And it wasn't the Conan movie. I thought it was Conan the Barbarian. It was Conan O'Brien Can't Stop. So I was like, oh, that makes more sense. This was a documentary about the time when Conan O'Brien was fired from The Tonight Show and then the the road back to television. Basically, it's a chronicle of his road show that he did to live shows all over the country, ending with his uh, getting the job at TBS. And uh, like Ron just said, there was a QA with Conan O'Brien and the filmmaker afterwards, which was really interesting. But. It was a, I'm not a big Conan O'Brien fan. I have enjoyed his stuff, but never really watched the show. But it was a fascinating documentary and really
2: open and honest. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. comes off at times looking awful. Oh, yeah, you no, know, I, I watched this on Netflix and I walked away from it, like, liking him less. Like, I'm not a big like Conan I'm not a big speak, Conan fan. Oh, I liked him. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a big Conan fan. I don't watch the show. I watch some clips online and stuff like that. But, like, after this, I was like, oh, I don't really like him at all.
1: Oh, are you kidding? No. See, I, I actually saw the show. I went, I went to see the live show back in January. And I had the most fun I'd had all year at a thing. Like I laughed my, I think he's incredibly funny. I don't watch talk shows just as a well, thing. Like just, I don't to clarify, do it.
2: just to clarify, like I, I think he's funny and I think the show elements are funny. What yeah. it turned me off was all the behind the scenes stuff. Like the moaning about why are we doing this? And why, you know, like, you, like don't go into something if you're not prepared to do it. Like, I, and I get that's what makes this documentary compelling to see the, you know, like him complaining that he's gotta meet people and that they're throwing parties. And see, I like, got you know, that. Like, yeah. I
1: mean, like that was the thing that to me was like, at what point is his life not his own? And the thing was that even though he's, Complaining to people who were very close to him about it. He gave every single person that he met his full attention.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he true, gave, true. 100%. He did, he did. And I thought
1: that was really impressive. Like, I don't want to go out. You knew he didn't want to go out. And listen, I understand that. And, and I, I'm saying that on a very tiny, small level. Like, right. there are times where, like, I'm like, I just, I, I well, don't Well, so do I. I mean,
2: and I definitely do, too. But the thing is, now, like, don't go down the
0: path, then.
2: That's,
1: know, that's, my, but well, that's ama- my point. Every,
2: every but,
0: entertainer has that personality. But yeah.
1: Multiply that by 100 by yeah. 10 million yeah. I mean it's if it, you get to think about like the massive drain that had to become an oven and I, I just I thought it was really brave to do that look the mm-hmm. other thing that came out of this documentary is that Andy Richter is the funniest person on earth yes he absolutely every is. single time <laughs> he opened his mouth in that movie it was pure gold he
2: was just so like on the side it was and like, he had no he had no stake. yeah no, he's just having a ball It's <laughs> yeah. like whatever I'm just gonna do this well, it's now, like at the end when at the when the tour ended he's like best summer camp ever
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the show was fantastic by the yeah. way anyway. yeah. I had so much fun! There, there were some really There's,
2: cool moments, like the, like the secret show they did at Jack White's studio. That looked really mm-hmm. cool. Like like, and uh, some of my good friends are really big Conan fans and loved it, and totally ate it up. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a it's fascinating
0: documentary. If you're all interested at all in television or behind the scenes
1: stuff like that, it was really. And John Hamm showed up again because yeah.
0: it, <laughs> it was comedy. comedy yeah. so it came.
2: And he's they they didn't, to, show, place they place didn't show
1: the night that I went. They showed the other night. The Jessica,
2: so. the Jessica Stein girl that he's married but, to, remember her? That, yes.
1: But yes, Herman showed up at the night I was there. So nice. That's a win, as far as I'm concerned. Well, and
2: there was the there was the uh, there was the Pearl Jam cameo in Seattle as well. The, the that's uh, true. Eddie that uh, Richter goes. Last time I lend Eddie Vedder my tambourine. <laughs>
1: Every single thing he said, especially the stuff that was like backstage, not on camera, not on on stage. Uh, Speaking of Pearl Jam, I managed to get out to a screening of Pearl Jam 20 in a very tiny theater in Boston, which I thought was funny because it was on Netflix like a week later. I was like, oh man, I went through all the trouble. But I was really excited about the Pearl Jam 20 documentary. This is Cameron Crowe directing the 20-year retrospective of Pearl Jam, a band who I'm not going to say is my favorite band, but they're one of the more important bands to me if you sort of look at how old we are and, you know, music and sort of the the path of popular music over our lives, I would say. And uh, I was super excited to see it. And the performances in it and the footage was really interesting, but I felt that overall it didn't deliver what I wanted. And I was, I was really disappointed about it. The more I thought about it, the more... And, and I'm, I'm talking about it here because it stuck with me in a way that I, I just wanted it to be something else. They glossed over a lot of stuff, I guess. It was really good Like if you kind of liked Pearl Jam, but didn't really know anything about them. But if you knew anything about them... Like Mike McCready, the lead guitar player, had, uh, you know, he has Crohn's disease and he had prescription drug problems. And they glossed over it so fast. Yeah. And it was like a big part of the story. And then at the same time, Pearl Jam's had like eight drummers. They're like Spinal Tap. (laughs) And again, it was only there was like a throwaway line in the movie about that. And it's one of those things that we don't know anything about. So, in one way, they said like they were going to give Cameron Crow access to everything. But I don't feel like he took advantage of it. I don't feel like. Well,
2: I think I think that's a case of. I think it's a case of he might be because he's known them for years. You know, going back. to He singles. was too close. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like that's he when you when close. you told me all these kind of comments about it, I was completely mm-hmm. not surprised because it's not like it's not like it was an investigative documentary going behind the scenes. Like the band, you know, they they probably controlled a lot what was being showed. What was being shown. It's they're
0: making a documentary about his buddies. I mean, yeah, you're not going to be incisive. Yeah, like it's... if we do
2: the iFanboy documentary, we're not going to talk about Connor's raging drinking problem. No, we or Josh's just racism. Right, it's yeah, exactly. That, that stuff, is, that that stuff stays off camera. I mean, that's, you know, so... I <laughs> think Ron's a
0: communist. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a big deal. Listen, you have no proof.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it isn't even just that he's their pals. It's that he idolizes them. Like, he wants to be a rock star. We've, yeah. we've seen we've seen Almost Famous. We've seen that's all true. that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's entertaining. The the most forthcoming person in it is Stone Gossard and Jeff Ament. Uh, they're really interesting people. Like, the guys in the band, like, you come out of it liking them. You, you realize, like... Eddie Vedder is a strange person, but he's also sort of really funny. There's a couple of really great moments in it. It's worth watching, but uh, we're going to talk about a book later on, which is sort of the opposite of this, that sort of is giving me what I think I was missing in this. But uh, yeah, it's worth watching still.
2: So, one of the biggest surprises for me in terms of movies was Midnight in Paris. Um, Yes. Completely on a large, like so. So, for those who don't know, for those who don't know know me very well, whatever this, I try to this year. Well, last year as well, I tried to adopt. Like, I'm going to go to the movies every week, every Sunday night. I'm going to go to the movies. I didn't stick to it because of travel and stuff like that. And there was some. I think all in all, I think I saw a total of like close to 30 movies this year, which is pretty not bad, like in theaters. But Midnight in Paris was one of those ones where nobody was around. It was it was quiet, like early summer. You know, nothing was going on. I couldn't find anybody to go to the movies with, and there wasn't anything really playing. But I really wanted to stick to this. I'm not a a big Woody Allen fan Like of course I enjoy Annie Hall But I'm not one of those people Who watches every Woody Allen movie I'm not a big Owen Wilson fan You know Like I've enjoyed him In the past But lately It's just kind of You know Like whatever But I was like ah, eh, I'll give it a shot I go in to see Midnight in Paris and was completely enamored with it from yep. from the moment it started.
0: You have to go into it, and it's sort of antithetical to this discussion, but go into it knowing nothing about it.
2: Knowing nothing about it, yes, exactly. And so, like, I almost like, skip, so if you want to see it, skip ahead. Don't listen to what we're talking about. Yeah. But, but I um, can't. I'm sitting right here. Um, but basically, the premise is that you know Owen Wilson is a struggling uh, writer who's um, no, he's not struggling. No, he's not no. struggling. He's
1: doing well. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's
2: struggling in terms of
1: his. We're just used to putting that word. For right, a no, writer. no, but
2: he's struggling in terms of his creativity. Basically, he's a he's a screenwriter for Hollywood and writes very not deep, you know, not meaningful lots kind of, of things. lots of money, but hates yeah. what he writes. Exactly, yeah. and he really wants to write novels and things like that. He's in Paris with his fiance Rachel McAdams, and they're there with her parents and, and the whole kind of thing. And you know, he wants to go experience the romance of Paris stuff like that. And she wants to go shopping, you know. So you get the idea that he's not on the same page with his fiance. He goes out one night to just kind of wander. Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, British know. British guy. Bill Nye. No. He was on Uh, 30 Rock, Frost Nixon. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, great cameo in Michael Sheen. She's the ex-boyfriend
0: of of the fiancé and there's some weakness there
2: too. Exactly. Some great banter, some great, like, Woody Allen-esque, you know, kind of arguing and it was a lot of fun. But um, he goes off into the night and an old-timey car pulls up and says, hey, get in. And so he gets in and this car takes him back in time and he's in the 1920s Paris and where he meets F. Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway and Salvador Dali and all these amazing people and he meets... Great Ernest Hemingway. Great Ernest Hemingway, possibly the greatest. um, And he gets to... So fight fuck everything. Yeah. (laughs) And it just completely, you know, inspires him to start writing and stuff. And he figures out this portal. And every night he goes back to 1920s Paris. And there he meets a woman, Marion Cotard, plays um, from Inception, you know, fame. And they're kind of somewhat, you know, they've got some kinship in terms of what they want out of life. And then they figure out how to go back in time to her favorite time period. And they go back to the Bohemian late 1800s Moulin Rouge time. And this whole concept of the time smallpox. Well, no, the whole concept is that that everybody is sentimental for the times they missed. That you wish, oh, I wish. I could have been around during this time, and I wish I could have been around during this time. And it was really interesting to see that you know that kind of um, emotion being brought to life, and just a fun adventure, whimsical, like the most whimsical movie I've seen, the most romantic, whimsical movie I saw all year. And it was a huge surprise, and I just loved every you minute you'll of it. You'll
0: fall in love with Paris, yeah. Especially the opening is like a two minutes, just a montage of Paris, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic, but the. When that car pulled up, I was like, "What the?" Yeah, f- it was oh, awesome.
2: Oh. And when he meets and when he meets uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and um, his wife, whose name I forget, who's played by Kim Pine from Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Yeah, it, it was just. It, it, and then it, this movie made me go read The Great Gatsby, which I would never read before. It was also really funny, and it was it was really ingenious. Yeah. It was very genius. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, good stuff.
2: Good times. Now, the big movie of the year,
0: I think the highest grossing movie, two thousand eleven, but also the most anticipated, I think, for most people was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two,
1: the eighth
0: Harry Potter movie.
1: It's the sixth one I went to see by myself.
0: And this capped off the series of movies of the books, and I thought it did a really good job. Uh, when I first read the Deathly Hallows book, I thought it was unfilmable. They broke it into two movies and did a good job of actually making movies out of them by cutting out a lot of the fat that was in the books. This, I thought it was the biggest challenge, and they succeeded really well. I thought it was an exciting ending. It was a satisfying ending. I, I really I had a great time at, at Harry Potter.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's, uh, it's funny because I, I don't tend to bring those movies up as a thing that are really, really impressive. And like And They're not quite the Lord of the Rings level for me. But then I think about it. It's eight movies in, what are we at? I guess 10 years. Like they managed to get kids who could play these parts. And grow and into the parts grew, as the movies it, did. Which is really impressive. And and without, you know, I, the casting throughout the whole thing was just spectacular. All these wonderful, uh, mostly it was the British. Best,
0: the best British actors working today in this yeah, series. It was a yeah.
1: Um, it's kind of amazing that it didn't get... Well, to to use an aphorism, bollocks up, Uh, but it didn't. I mean, like it held true to the whole thing, and it's kind of cool. And and you can, I I don't. It's funny because they really do all tend to blend together for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to remember specifically uh, things about it, but they're wonderful adaptations of, of I, what I, we're... I think
0: it's a great series. I have them yeah. all on Blu-ray except for the last two because I haven't got them yet, but I, I've rewatched them many times. I think they're great movies. They're Second great fantasy action movies. Well, yeah, but they're they, the kids are... <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, they're what they are. But I think on a whole, it's one, It's a wonderful adaptation.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, the thing that always impressed me most about the books was the giant cast of characters. Like, it's all of these characters to keep track of, and they all got a... A unique face and voice in the movies, too, by just really interesting people, uh, and that's what made it work for me, so uh, yeah, totally, really enjoyed that all. Of them
2: and that's so eight movies in the can I've never seen a minute well good for you are you proud of yourself no I'm not proud I don't care I mean that's the thing I mean I, I don't get me wrong I, I, there's no, I'm not bashing it I'm not saying you know like it's, I, I've heard everybody rave about it I was listening to 11 o'clock comics a couple weeks ago and they were raving because t- Vince went down to the amusement park that kicked off there talking about Harry Potter and all that stuff and it's great I'm glad everybody likes it I just it's not for me that's all <laughs> just no interest no interest it's the new master and commander <laughs>
0: Really sticking Josh's
2: craw. I don't.
1: I don't need you to see that. I'm never going to read Uncanny X Force now.
2: <laughs> You're missing out. So uh, that sums up the movies of 2011 for us. At least uh, at least two weeks before the the year ends. I say great year of movies. I mean, I was lucky enough to fortunate enough to see a bunch of them, and they were. I, I didn't see a bad movie in the bunch. I you know I, I didn't walk out of any movies going wow.
0: I saw a couple of that were not as good as I would hoped. Yeah. A Dangerous Method was not very good. Didn't see that. I don't, even, cool. I don't even know what that is. One of the new ones It's Viggo Mortensen and Michael Fassbender playing Young oh. um, and Freud.
2: Oh, I'm I t- want to see that because it's Fassbender. It,
0: it, it's it's. There's no point in the Not movie. Really? There's okay. no point to the movie. Okay, well, there's
2: just no point. They just, sit around yeah, it's just no like... story. <laughs> it's just no story. It's... <laughs> Yeah. during there's so. nothing
1: there they're gone <laughs> <There's> no- <laughs> nothing nothing we can do
2: all right so uh, we want to take a quick break before we dive into television and we want to remind everybody that i fanboy is a part of graphically our parent company graphically makes this show and i and everything possible um so if you've enjoyed i fanboy in the past 20 uh, 20 years 20
1: years if, <laughs> what happened if you enjoyed <laughs> if you joined
2: i fanboy in 2011 <laughs> <laughs> you'll want to uh, go to graphily.com and make sure you patron that for digital comics um, over 5,000 comics from over 300 publishers, um, you got Marvel Comics Boom, uh, Image Comics, Arkea Top Cow, tons of publishers on there and exciting new stuff is getting added every day, you can read comics on the web um, on your mobile device on your iPhone or iPad or Android phone or tablet um, and we've also got some great stuff uh, if you're an iOS f- uh, 5 user, they've got the newsstand where you can subscribe to The Walking Dead and Invincible and Irredeemable and some other great titles are coming there as well. Um, if you got a Barnes and Noble Nook or an Amazon Kindle Fire, if you got one of these, if you're getting one of those for Christmas, you can get The Walking Dead. You can get to- books from Top Shelf. There are just so many titles that are available that are all powered by Graphically. So definitely, all check it out. Um, go to Graphically.com uh, where you can find out all the information and follow Graphically on Twitter.com/Graphically. And again, we thank Graphically for their continued support of iFanboy Fanboy through the year. A lot of people are going to get tablets for Christmas. Yeah, it's
0: going to be a big tablet. Check out out books on on the tablet. They look wonderful. This this is Mike LaFontaine here for Graphically Comics.
1: What happened?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So now let's talk about television. We all love TV, we watch a lot of it. If there's one show I think that we all can agree that between the three of us we love and we often say it was made for us, it would be Ron? A Boardwalk
2: Empire, man. Holy fuck. (laughs) It is. Here's why I like Boardwalk Empire. And it's funny because the reason why I kind of slowed down on watching movies every Sunday was because of Boardwalk Empire when Boardwalk Empire came back this past season. And it's like watching an hour-long movie every week. Yep. It's a, it's so cinematic. I love it. And it really is just the Sopranos in the 1920s. That's really all it is. It's Very a, much. It's it's just crime in New Jersey. So for those who don't know about it, Martin Scorsese directed the first episode uh, last year, and he's one of the executive producers. Mark Wahlberg, our, uh, our fanboy favorite, is an executive producer. And um, it's basically telling, telling the story of Atlantic City during Prohibition. Um, Enoch Thompson, the
0: uh, yep. city treasurer.
2: Yeah, which I believe in real life he was Enoch Johnson.
0: Yes, um, it's
1: something like that. Yeah, it's but uh, Steve
2: Buscemi plays Enoch Thompson or
1: the, and he was
0: like a huge linebacker sized dude in real life. Well, yeah, the, the
1: reason the reason that he did that is that the showrunner was watching Deadwood and he at the beginning of Deadwood he's like this is awesome. He went and he looked up everybody's names. Yeah. And then he saw that he saw that he could figure out everything that happened in the show. So he decided the way that he would combat that was to change the one guy's last name. Smart. <laughs> yeah except it took me two seconds to figure it out <laughs> that's kind of the point
2: <laughs> but yeah so following him through prohibition he like kind of runs Atlantic City runs the underground and it's uh, the whole bringing booze into the city all the politics the underground crime politics and the different you know the the, the blacks and the uh, KKK like there's just all these kind of other the local government and then the Irish the, and the Irish yeah and but what I love about this show is I love the historical factor and I love the real people like the fact that lucky Luciano and and uh, Arnold, Arnold Rothstein our our characters, Al, Al Charlie,
1: Sal, whatever it is you're calling yourself now.
2: Yeah, Al Capone, George Remus came in in this season. Who's like if you watched uh, Ken Burns' Prohibition documentary, you heard a lot about Remus, who was crazy, um, <laughs> totally crazy. Uh, I, I love especially watching the Ken Burns Prohibition documentary that came out like uh, right around the same time I love this time period because the country was just fucking nuts it was, it was anything goes yeah any- it was insane and like Eddie Cantor's in it and like it's just all this great stuff Michael Shannon as the as the Prohibition agent who's just life gets ruined by going to Atlantic City is a great subplot
1: no he was a, he was a lunatic it was he, yeah. he didn't get ruined because of Atlantic City well He's no it was bad. yeah
2: no he was a lunatic but the Atlantic City was the catalyst that caused every, all everything to go, go crazy mm-hmm. you know it was like it was a, a you know a very repressed religious guy in a a land of sin and gets caught up in it
1: you know here's here's something i can tell you about crime i've read a lot of crime i'm a fan of the genre especially when we go back to period but there's uh, to me jewish and irish gangsters are the best gangsters (laughs) <laughs> From a fictional perspective, Manny Horvitz yeah, I, favorite new character on TV. Yeah,
2: no, uh, yeah, I don't agree. With oh, that, he
1: but. was so he was so great. He was a ton of fun. He was a lot of fun. He was And at the same time, like having having them go to Northern Ireland and and I just
2: love Owen Slater, the his that 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 Irish character. Yeah, he's th- that guy's dreamy,
1: and he's got that. He has that Northern Irish accent, and yeah. it, it plays against the stereotype that people sort of give to Irish people in movies. He's the, he's like the tough, badass oh, right, you know, exactly. bodyguard. He's and the, fantastic.
0: Yeah. The casual execution that happens in the background of the car mm-hmm. as he drives away in Ireland. It's continually surprising, up to and including the season finale of the second season where they just kill well, the main character of the show. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: that, that's the great thing. Um, like, like The Sopranos and like other things that we watch or read, no one's safe. And I have to admit, I didn't see it coming. I thought yeah. they were going to reconcile.
0: He's going to go get his revenge mm. on Manny, and he shows up, and they're all standing there with guns. And I went, oh, yeah. oh no, they're not
1: going to. Oh, no. And then yeah. he doesn't shoot him once in the head. He shoots him twice in the oh, head. Oh, that was great. It was great. Well, um, I think what was that was punctuated by the fact that really you had seen Nucky the entire season at his home life, and he's, he was being a good husband-father. That, quote, up unquote. until leaving like, the finale. Yeah. Really. I mean, like, like way different than Tony Soprano. The Tony Soprano you saw all that stuff boil over when he got at home like when he was home like you're like, "Well, he seems to be genuinely caring." Yep. And then at the end it's that mask comes off and it's like, "No, no, no. He's yeah. he's a bad dude." And I I thought that was a really fun choice that they really the, they played out for a long time.
0: The great thing is waiting for season 3 is that he's been screwed over and he doesn't know it yet. Yeah yep she just gave away all his lab, and he's been he celebrating at
2: the end with oh was, <laughs> this show is great, and I, I, I tweeted this on so many levels at one point i I really want either like a web series or a spin off of just Lucky Luciano, Arnold Rothstein and al Capone those <laughs> guys like that's the highlight and the thing is, is like, what's great about it is that they use them sparingly, yeah. You were lucky yeah. if we get a scene with Arnold Rothstein in an episode. We're lucky if we get a Lucky Luciano Arnold, scene. Arnold
1: Rothstein is a great character.
2: Oh, he's a great character, and what the guy uh, playing him—the guy that was—he's uh, oh,
1: the guy from *A Serious Man*. *A Serious Man*. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. And
2: and like I love the guy who plays Lucky Luciano because he's because he's young. They're young gangsters, and like they're not quite where they are yet. And it, oh, like, it's just oh, it's great. I just love it. Uh, and and Gretchen Maul. I, I love. I love Rich they,
1: Mall. So. They effed they her character up. Yeah, they did. Yeah.
0: I, I love that Dabney Coleman was in it for a long time before I even knew it was Dabney.
2: Coleman. Yes, me too. Yeah. I remember seeing <laughs> I him like, in the Dabney crit. Coleman's so, on the show? Yeah, exactly. I
1: did the same thing.
2: He's uh. the Commodore? No, seriously, Boardwalk Empire, hands down HBO. Like, I know everyone's like, oh, AMC's where it's at, whatever. HBO comes back strong on Boardwalk Empire. It's so good. So good. So.
0: Well, a uh, uh, network that's really trying to become HBO Showtime. They've had a lot of good shows over the years Weeds and Californication and things like that. But. Homeland for me was the best new show of the season. It started this year and it's got elements that both Josh and Ron will like.
1: I don't uh, know what this show is. I've just heard people talking about it. The
0: story it. of Homeland is a prisoner of war who was missing for eight years in Iraq, is found and comes back home. And the CIA agent who suspects that he may be a ad- he may have been turned by the Taliban or Al-Qaeda, however you want, you know whoever that is, and is going to be a terrorist now. So the question is. Is he a terrorist or is he not? And is, or is the CA agent crazy because she's bipolar? And the CIA agent is played by Claire Danes, and the uh, uh, the soldiers played by Dick Winters, Damian Lewis, and Mandy Patinkin's the the CA boss. I and mean, there's there's. So much going on in this in this show. There's is she crazy because she's kind of crazy. She's got lots of emotional problems and she, she's had a lot of trauma in her life. And, and, and we don't know if she's actually just paranoid. And she, this guy's you know back because he's just he's just a soldier, or is he back because he's been turned and let go by Al Qaeda? And there's a lot of intrigue in that sense. But there's also a lot of home life stuff. He's come back after eight years. His wife gave him up for dead, and she was dating his best friend, who sounds exactly like Brad Pitt to the point where it was dist- distracting. He's got kids who never really met him. And so there's all that stuff going on. And there's the CIA stuff where we you know, she's obsessed with this guy and, and it's ruining her career and and it just unfolds beautifully. It was the most tense. As we record this, the season finale comes up in two days, and I honestly can't wait for anything more than that right now. It's it's unfolding in this incredibly tense manner. It's all gonna come to a head in the season finale, and it's wonderful. It's yeah, really I've heard, it's heard, right I've heard really good out. I've heard really good things about it. And cool. I, it's one of the things I'm gonna catch up on. I it's think. the best Claire Danes I've seen in a long time. She's fantastic in it I don't as think a, I've a Ron, you'll return the show. Josh, everything else is up your alley, in, including the, the they, they go to Gettysburg for for a uh, very hey. pivotal f- pivotal episode. They had well, all right.
1: Gettysburg. Sidebar. Mm-hmm. C- Californication was that last season this year, or was that last? I haven't,
0: year? I haven't. I've fallen behind. I don't know.
1: I think the whatever the last season one was really good because the one before it was very silly. But then the last one was the very. One where good. he
0: was professor, was goofy. Uh, it was uh, that very was two silly years ago. They, they then, just. A,
1: they just ignored that basically. They were like, all I right, seen, that I never seen happened.
0: The most Recent one cuz I was watching it on Netflix and Phil by. Oh. Okay. There you go. Okay.
1: That's fine. Just a side thing. I would say that Boardwalk Empire was was a fine time. Absolutely. Very much enjoyed it, but I'd have to give the nod to Game of Thrones this year, which came uh, from out of nowhere yep. in terms of uh, just giving me everything that I would want to see in like a a fantasy show that had no right to be as good looking or as well done as this.
0: This show defied all kinds of odds. Totally, When it was first announced I was like, wow, that's a huge gamble. And not just fantasy fans or comic fans or people who like that kind of thing already like... Everyone watched Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Everyone I know watched Game of Thrones. The ratings were huge. It was a huge success for HBO.
2: Yeah. And again, another, another case of a, a show where it leaves you guessing no one is safe. Uh, now, w- when it started, everybody, there was a lot of people who read the books. A lot of people reading George R. R. Martin books. There was a lot of event, hype and anticipation in the whole kind of geek world that we kind of exist in. And I, I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Like, I don't want, you know, like, normally I probably would have skipped it. Like, I just went, like, oh, not really for me because I'm not really a fantasy guy. And I watched the first two episodes and I was just bored to tears. I was like this is the most bo- like I'd rather watch them walk for hours in Lord of the Rings than watch the show and then something happened like the 3rd or 4th episode and it got me and I from that moment on I was like at Sunday night, right in front of the TV, I cannot miss Game of Thrones. It, it was. It was I, a, I, I
0: had a similar reaction to you because I think yeah. the first episodes were yep. rough because there's a lot of characters to learn. There's a lot of relationships to figure out. Yep. There's a lot of jargon to figure and out. It was where just were, boring. Where, was where just, were the places they were talking about? Who was related to who? How were they related in you know non-family ways? Like What, what was the structure here? It was hard to get a grasp of the world. Yeah, yep.
1: but I think once you got the grasp on
0: the world and the characters, it really sort of took off yeah. in the third or fourth episode.
1: And Sean I, Bean, fantastic. Forget uh, that. I remember watching that going, man, somebody needs to give Peter Dinklage an Emmy. Yes. And then I was shocked that they actually did. I was so glad they did. Because he was, I was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I know, and I'm, I'm not arguing with just I thought no one will even notice this. Yeah. But oh my God, it was just a ton of fun and, and really just really great characters all over the place again. Yeah. Great actors playing them. So the good. question now is how so long. It basically, comes- this is HBO going, hey, by the way, AMC, yeah, suck it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The AMC would never be able to fund this kind of show. No, yeah. really. uh, how long would this, does this show go? I mean, like, Can I go books. through the books. The books, the, the <laughs> books are crazy. By the way, they're if you read the books, yet. they're nuts. The books aren't even done yet. It's yeah. going to ten years for the books to be done. I mean, like, what is this? How are they going to end the show? Is the question? Yeah. Because yeah. it's not going to end with the books. Yeah. That's so Unless right. HBO sends a guy over with a gun to George R. R. Martin's head and says, "Finish
1: these right now." Yeah. <laughs> now, continuing a tradition of talking about things that are named after bands.
2: Yes, so so a big surprise for me this year was a British show called Misfits, and it's not about horror or about Jerry Only or or Glenn Danzig. It's about it's uh, just disappointment everywhere I look. Yeah, um, but so I, I so I was in London in May of this year, and I was um, hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were in this in the music DVD store, and he pointed out a DVD set. He's like, "Oh, you would like that show." He's like, if you, if you like the X-Men, you would like the show. It's kind of about kids who get powers or whatever. And I was like, oh, I kind of mental noted it. And then it, um, Hulu started running it for some – I don't know why. They made a deal with Channel 4 in, um, in the UK. And so Hulu started – I'm like, all right, cool. I remember, you know, he, I remember he mentioned that, so I'll give it a shot. And – The show is fantastic. It's basically a group of uh, early 20 something, you know, not teenagers, slightly older than, you know, like they lived by themselves and that sort of thing, but they get, um, they're all doing community service. So they've got to go to this community center and they're wearing the orange jumpsuits and they're picking up trash, and a storm hits and lightning strikes and they get powers. In, in the first episode, they all realize they have powers. One can travel through time. One girl's a telepath. Another character can turn invisible. Another girl, if anyone touches her, they instant sexual attraction. And so it's kind of a, a ne- like kind of like a rogue negative power. And then the um, other character, the other character is immortal. He can't die. So they get these powers. They're like, well, what do we do with them? And one of the characters is like, well, we could become heroes. And they all stop. And they goes, no, that's an American thing. And they just live their lives and all this weird shit happens to them and the powers get involved and stuff like that and it creates this whole world and it's not, I want to say it's like a slacker comedy because they're, they're kind of slackers but it's, but, it, but it's also very realistic and it's like what if people in the world had powers and how would they deal with it and it's just a it, it, ton of fun. The, the main character who actually looks like uh, Tiny Hank, uh, a British <laughs> Tiny Hank, um, he, he's off the show come season three. Season three just started in the UK but season one and two he's like the draw. He is hysterical, irritating, like the irritating, annoying, you know, Loud, boisterous, you know, like um, oversexualized, you know, twenty, you know, early twenty-somethings kid who wants to, have, you know, sex with every girl and stuff like that. and We'll tell them, but like the show was like when it first starts, you're like, oh, this is cheesy and whatever. It's like heroes, whatever. But as you get into it, it becomes so engaging and enamoring, and it really and they actually build an interesting world. And time travel comes involved. They're able to change their powers and all the stuff like that. And it just it's a slightly realistic take in the genre of what we like, but but slightly offbeat. So it, it's on Hulu. You can watch it for free. I strongly recommend it to anybody. Anybody. I, I just- just added that to my queue. Cool, yeah. Anybody who watched and enjoyed Heroes, watched and enjoyed Smallville, anything like that, like Miss, like you will enjoy oh, this. Period. If so. you're going to
1: compare it to Heroes, I can't watch it.
2: Well, no, but it's better than Heroes if you ask me. Because okay. it actually kind of you know, have to so. be. Yeah, it totally is. Speaking of
0: which, Smallville ended its 10 year run earlier this year, and I felt it would be uh, we'd be remiss not mentioning. Wow, we got one we of our could, favorite shows. We got emotional, right. didn't we, Connor? Yeah, no, I thought for a episode that had to end a 10-year run and also set up Superman as a character, it did a, it was the finale was a wonderful thing.
2: Yeah, it was great. The last 10 minutes I've I've gone back and watched the last 10 minutes numerous times. There aren't many super long-running shows left. Yeah.
0: You know, that have been on for 10 plus years and Smallville's one of them or was one of them up until this year and see what you will, it had its ups and downs, it had its bad seasons and good. I thought this final season was really good. I thought the final episode was really good. I thought with no Irony or, hip, or hipster detachment or, or joking or snark. It was a really strong finale. It was emotional. It, it was action packed. You finally had Superman. It ended the show the way you, you wanted it to end. Yep. I thought as a feat, it was quite super.
2: Totally agree. Totally. It, it, it hit on every note it needed to. It wrapped up everything it needed to. I, it, talk about it like a satisfying end to a run. It was, it was great. I, I remember after it was over texting you going, Oh my God,
0: they actually pulled it off. Yep. Like it was unbelievable <laughs> that they actually wrapped it up in a satisfying yeah. way, yeah. which is a, hard to do. A lot of shows don't.
2: It was a great 10 years. Great 10 years.
0: It really was crazy. Yeah. But good, good, good job. And I, I really had fun watching Smallville for 10 years. And we did it for most of it on iFanboy. So if you probably watched it along with us, if you came to the site, and we had a great uh, live chat going during the finale with lots of people involved, and it was good, yep. good times.
1: Now, the, the other day, I was watching the Thursday night comedies as I'm to do on Friday, because that's how I do it. And I'm watching Parks and Recreation, and Ron Swanson made some joke. And I just thought, you know what? I like this show more than I like community.
2: I've heard, I've heard that. I have, I've never watched Parks and Rec, but
1: uh, people have said that a lot. It's, 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 and and it's funny. I posted on Twitter, and people were like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "No, no, I'm not saying community's bad. Community's f- fucking brilliant. We're going to talk about that in a minute, and I, and I love it, and it's great. But when you're talking about the kind of humor that I like, very subtle, character-based humor, and just fun jokes, Parks and Recreation is getting stunningly good, and I don't feel like it's getting any of the spotlight that it should be. But no, the Office,
0: the, the Office is the popular show amongst you know the population. The Community has the sort of geek insider crowd, and Parks and Rec gets lost in the middle. And you're right, Community is fantastic; it's wonderful. I I love
1: it every week. Parks and Rec's been my favorite for a couple of years now. I, I mean, and it's the same thing as the Office. Like it started out those first six episodes, it's like that was not good, and it wasn't. But they went, and they they basically retooled all the characters a little bit and and made them work better than they had you know when they started. And and they've got this wonderful. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you have a lot of people, ensemble, ensemble cast, exactly. And you know, like every character has got a funny, you know, just a funny thing to do. And and you know, even a character like you know Aziz Ansari's character, which should be irritating, they've written him and doled him out in such a way that it that it totally works. Adding Rob Lowe, who who does not get enough credit for being really, 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 really funny. Uh, and, and Adam Scott has been a good move and then finally again Ron Swanson Nick Offerman How does he not have TV? an Emmy? Funniest guy on TV right now. When he, yeah. the last the the, the Christmas episode where, <laughs> where he got the gift and he was trying not to cry. It was the <laughs> most subtle bit of acting. That was just this and I and it what well, he didn't overdo it at all and just that mustache and like with the episode where they made the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> it was like here's my burger. This is meat. <laughs> and bread, and I was like, "That's that's perfect." It's it's just a wonderful comedy. Yeah, between Community and,
0: and Parks
2: and Recreation, it's the best it's hour of TV. Yeah, well, that, yeah, well, that that segues into Community, which is my favorite sitcom. I Although mean, no, I'm not watching Parks and Rec, but Community, and despite it's now on hiatus or canceled or who knows what the status of it will be, I think hands down the best show on TV is Community, but just because of the inventiveness and the creativity of like the show, like the 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 multiple timelines episode.
0: Yeah. Well, I like that it's it's a show that started off ostensibly about a group of people at a community college and became a show about TV. Yes. T V show about TV shows. Yep. And you have to really love TV to like it, which is why it's not very popular. Yeah. Because it's really inside baseball a lot of it, but um the the, the, the Christmas
2: episode eviscerated glee. Like, oh, yes. they, like to the point where I'm watching, I'm like, oh, God, what are the people who make Glee think of this? Like, I was like, it was... Nothing, because like, our show's been renewed for another yeah, year.
0: Exactly. They, they yeah, They're paychecks. laughing all the way to um, the bank. Yeah. It's a show where you literally have no idea what you're going to get every week. Yep. You know, a it's, TV show, there's a certain amount of familiarity. You know what you're going to get. It's it's comfortable. That's why people like, you know, bring watch it every week. Because Community will literally do a different genre of show every week, and you never know what's coming.
2: Yep.
0: It's
1: kind of the most impressive show.
2: Yeah
1: in that the the amount of imagination and effort that they're putting into doing something unique all the time is incredibly laudable. I mean, nothing else is doing that to the sort of extent, like, you really get the sense that they're pushing themselves to do things, you know, all the time. And I also, in the same way that we were talking about Parks and Rec., they have rejiggered the characters around, you know, they, from where they originally were to where they are now, where they've, they where they work better. And it's just little things where, you know, at first Troy was the jock and then like, well, that doesn't really work. So they sort of left that behind a little bit. They made bit, him you a know.
0: jock with secret nerd and now he's sort of the
1: nerd yeah. side. Yeah, and then, you know, at first, you know, it's really interesting that Britta was the sex appeal part of the show. Yeah. But they've changed her around now that she's not. Yep. Yeah. And the same way. And now Annie is like this weird, like hidden sex appeal part of the show. Yep. Yeah. This very interesting little thing that they've done here and there where like like they're making her really attractive to everybody, but nobody knows it right. It's yeah. just this these odd little things. It's, it's, and mean, also it's, it's brilliant
0: got- things like the Beetlejuice joke, which was exposed online, is then that there was a, a three season joke that paid off in season three, and that they, they mentioned Beetlejuice once every season and the third time he showed up in the background. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> like, I saw that.
2: Yeah, like it's it's stuff like that. That's you're just like, fuck, man. It's sh-. just it's subtle and inspired and just like so great. like Dan Harmon's great. Oh uh, yeah. It's, uh, and the Dean, the episode with the with the making the commercial
1: well, the, oh, the apocalypse! The now. Apocalypse now! Oh god, hearts the god of, hearts of darkness. Yeah, yeah,
2: the the, the dean, the dean is like the thing was like Ken Ken Jeong or whatever you know whatever his name was um Chang like that was an early breakout like fun you know but I thought they kind of ruined him by taking him out of the teacher kind of role yes and, they, they yeah, overdid him. yeah totally overdid him and now he's a security guard whatever but like that he quickly got filled by the dean like and, as like I look again like, they, they use him sparingly or, or sometimes like, too much but I love they the, do a little the, too the much the dean cracks me up I
1: love him oh he's great I like John Goodman showing up. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the whole air conditioner thing. The, yes.
0: the dean of the air
2: conditioner school. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: no, it's fantastic. It's in, including using Troy's his real life rap personality in the last episode. I mean, it, it was that,
2: yeah. that rap was amazing.
0: Charles Gambino, he's great. He's great. Yeah, yeah I mean, but, it does so many things and does yeah. them so well. Yeah, between community parks record, so it's, it's a wonderful hour of comedy. Yeah. Agreed. Now, someone who was known for being on Thursday Night Comedies was Kelsey Grammer, and this year I'm Boss on Stars Network, Stars is now making a play to be a content creator. All these. Cable networks now are trying to be HBO or AMC. But Boss was wonderful. Boss is a show about a Chicago mayor, played by Kelsey Grammer, who, in the first scene of the first episode, finds out he's got a degenerative neurological disease and he doesn't have much time left. He's going to start, you know, going, he's going to have dementia and he's going to start losing control of his, you know, movements and things. But he's the most powerful man in Chicago and he's been that way for a long time and he can't just give it up. So he's trying to maintain hold on his position while knowing he's slowly dying, while having symptoms. While there's political insurgencies around him, it's a political junkie show, kind of show that I think probably, Josh, you would enjoy. It's the complete opposite of the West Wing, whereas the West Wing is very aspirational. This is mm-hmm. politics at its best. This is politics at its worst. I mean, they, they have people murdered who are going to expose them to the press. There's all kinds of back dealing and there's bribery and there's sex in the bathroom with someone else on, on the staff. I mean, it's all kinds of down and dirty politics to, you know, in the finest Chicago way. And it's a wonderful drama. It's just very cynical and, and, and nasty uh, if you're into that kind of – it probably in that sense more realistic. But great show. Great show on stars. It's called Boss. It will be on Netflix. Check it out.
1: Huh. I really, really enjoyed the first season of Justified very much. And it was pretty good. But I love what we season. got in the second season so outshined that first season that, that it's stunning. Yeah. Uh, it was this season-long story, and one of the things the first the first season was sort of episodic in that you know each show was a little bit one and done. The second one was more of an, an overall story, and introducing basically a story of this Kentucky crime baron woman. Basically, she uh, she controlled you know the drugs and, and the crime in the area, and to be one of the best villains that I have seen on television in a, in such a long time, they just got the writing down really tight. They got the storytelling down and this wonderful conflict that you didn't really expect and you hadn't really seen before. The whole season wasn't based upon having shootouts and fights which was a lot of fun originally, but uh, it had all of the sort of twists and turns. Yeah,
0: he didn't. He, he I think, in the first season, he killed a person. This is a, justifies the story of a marshal in Kentucky. Uh, Raylan Givens, played by Timothy Olyphant, he's amazing. And yes. uh, in the first season, I think he killed someone in a cool way. Every episode this there was season, a, there was basically they made a, jokes about him not shooting anybody this season. The, I mean, he there was, I was a version
1: of of a gunfight, a shootout, basically an old west gunfight every episode in the yeah. first season, which I always thought was a lot of fun. But this was like a, a different kind of thing. It was, it was like the shield. Yeah. In that the, the plot kept twisting and like you'd think, oh, well, they're, they're in for it now and, and then they'd find a way out of it but they'd go into a new thing and they just didn't pull their punches ever and, and you know nobody was safe and characters would die. And, um, and, and good uh, friends would
0: start to hate each other. I mean the, with the yes. point
1: where him and his boss who were buddies
0: the whole time now still don't really like each other at all, I, it was sort of heartbreaking and just kind of like, no, yeah.
1: oh, that's his friend. Um, but, I think there was one bad episode in the beginning. It had something to do with his wife. The, the, oh, the thing about her stealing the money. I, di- I didn't like that storyline because it was silly. But besides that, it was just a, a wonderful, complete season. Of, of. You don't need to even watch the first season to, it, to watch it, it, is,
0: it. It's on FX, right? It's on, one of, it's, it's one it's of on FX. It's one of my favorite shows by far.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you don't uh, even you know, need to I,
0: watch the first season to watch the second season. You yeah, can that's,
1: what, that's what I'm, I'm getting at. Really just a great cast in a, in a, in a unique setting. Um, I, I, I didn't even mention Walton Goggins. Well, I didn't or, even mention Walton Goggins. Yeah. Or the, cool. the son of
0: the crime boss who was played by the guy
1: from Lost, whose name yeah, was his Jeremy. Kid. Who's yeah. your favorite dude from Lost, Ron? That guy from the end. The physicist. Who's... Oh,
2: Jeremy uh, Davies. Jeremy Davies. Yeah, Jeremy Davies. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I love him. He's fantastic. He's yeah. a lame, yeah. crippled
1: hillbilly drug kingpin. And then just Walton Goggins doing like, you don't know if he's a good guy or he's a bad guy, and he just Rylan. Like he just talks in this <laughs> amazing voice and accent. And it like if you thought that when you watched the shield. You knew what kind of an actor he was. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was impressive every single week, and and uh, you don't even know who to root for. You don't know who the good guys are, except Raylan is a good guy, and that's the one yeah. thing you can sort of count on through the he's whole thing.
0: He's a cowboy. He's an old west cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, with the white hat, literally. Oh, such a good show.
0: The villain won an Emmy this year for best actress. She, I mean, it was she good. should have. Yeah,
1: she was fantastic. She, was, she played the mother in Million Dollar Baby. Like she's been in a billion things, but you Margot just don't Martin realize Dale. it. Margaret yes. Martindale. She sings really at this one part and it just is the strangest thing. It blows you away. And it, really good, is,
0: it really is a look into that culture, or that, mm-hmm. that community, the sort of backwoods Kentucky hill culture, which is interesting. Sort of the mm-hmm. uh, Winter's Bone culture of everyone stealing meth or, or marijuana and there's nothing else. There's no other industry but to deal drugs. And,
1: and, and sell off to, to coal concerns. Yeah. Um, great really stuff.
2: Great. So, uh, my favorite new show of the, of the fall 2011 season has been New Girl on Fox, and it seems to be getting a lot of attention and mainstream pickup. And it's everybody. my
0: second favorite show,
2: of this new show you, of the season. Yeah, and Zoe Deschanel is the breakout star, and this is her, you know, like Entertainment Weekly's covering and stuff like that. I love the show, but like, and while she's great and she's totally quirky, it's friends. it's the supporting cast that gets it for me. Like I when so you know for those who don't watch the show, she's a you know she's a girl who moves into an apartment with three guys. They meet on Craigslist like that's So she just breaks up with her boyfriend. She's a wreck and she's kind of dorky and kind of geeky and she's cute and quirky and all stuff like that. But the dudes that she moves in with like so one the Schmidt yeah like that
0: guy's stealing stealing scenes. Schmidt's the obnoxious sort of type A, a douchey type yeah um, exactly. But he's also but the thing is I was talking about this the other night because it just aired and I thought the pilot was a little weak. Yeah. I didn't love it after the pilot, but it's gotten better with every episode, and I've, I love it now. No, um, they,
2: yeah, they're adding they're adding so many layers. So like while the they've they changed all the characters' personalities
0: slowly over the time, which yeah. I you know, which I like.
2: Yeah, so so like you so Schmidt is you know comes off as the douchey kind of status you know kind of guy whatever, but like he's also incredibly vulnerable and emotional. Very sensitive. You know? yeah. yeah, very sensitive. You know, and then um, Nick uh, is like just like the normal dude. I love that actor. Like he's like very gay, kind of David Crumholesesque esque yeah. or whatever.
0: He's well, Nick started off as kind of well, he's gonna be the love interest. He's kind of a nice, sensitive, normal guy. But yeah. he's they've kind of made him into like a kind of a weirdo. Dark. So. He's a little dark and yes. yeah.
2: But but they're totally building up the love interest between. Uh, That's gonna be a long yeah. road though. Yeah, it's gonna be they've, friends. They've, it's gonna they've yeah. taken that away in the beginning. Yeah. It was so obvious. Now it's kind yeah. Of like, now they dial down. But every now and then it comes back and yeah, whatever. And then even like and I know that there was a different actor. There was a guy coaching the pilot who actually a lot of people really liked was what Wayne Damon Wayne yeah. They would have the sun movie, or, something or something like that. Show like... happy endings, which yeah.
0: they all thought was going to get canceled. So all the actors went and did pilots. Yeah. And it got picked up, so they had to either leave the pilot. So but they so they,
2: re- they handled that well. They introduced a new character, and uh, the guy, Winston, I actually really like him. I think he adds a lot to it. He adds like a kind of more of a stable kind of reality background. The episode to where
0: it. he was doing the Bells was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it
2: was great. And this show, I mean, every week it's like another thing you don't know what you're going to get. And like, I find myself laughing out loud at random things, a little throwaway, light, like the Bells episode when they're leaving, and Schmidt goes, Let me get my Cardi. You know, <laughs> it's just, like, it was just like, it's just like out of nowhere. And it was, you know, and it's a kind of show that like my sister and my brother in law love, like my friend, one of my g- good friends love, you like, like it's no one funny. no one I know that watches has said a bad thing about it. Like it always is, is fun. Yep. So New Girl. I mean, yes, I know it's the popular show and stuff like that, but it really does deserve it. It's really a lot of fun. I'm really glad it's popular. It's yeah. it's
0: very inventive. The Good Wife is a show I had not watched till this season. I, I... hate you for watching because I want to watch this show so badly and it, I can't. Ron, you will love this no, show. No, okay, here's uh, my
2: problem with this fucking show, all right? Yeah it star it's got everybody that I love, and you know this, right, Connor? It's got yeah. Julianna Margulies, who I love from ER, it's got Josh Charles who I love from Sports Night, it's got yeah. fucking Alan Cumming, yep. it's got Got, like uh the it's got, got a, it's got a guy from Gilmore Girls. Gil- guy from Gilmore Girls like all this shit it's so great. I can't get it online.
0: I get it on Netflix. That's what happened. It was when I first moved to Los Angeles, they didn't have cable. I just I had Netflix still and I I burned through the first 3 seasons on Netflix. But through the within, discs, right? Yeah, through the discs. Yeah, I, yeah. And, I'm
2: not on the it's not on streaming.
0: No, but I burned through the discs and it is a wonderful kind of old school drama. There's, yeah. there's family dynamics. There's a great legal stuff. The, the best stuff is the legal stuff that goes on.
2: Drive me fucking crazy. So CBS only stream. This is the problem. I don't have cable. Just this, on their website. This is the problem. No, they have. They only have the five most recent episodes on their website.
1: Oh. Okay. Because I looked season, it into it, see if it's on Hulu the other day. No,
2: it's not on Hulu. C, season one is available for purchase on iTunes or Amazon, but it's like the HD version is like fifty three dollars. All right. Amazon doesn't even have the pilot available for streaming, uh, even for purchase. I'm like, I just want to watch this goddamn show, and I can't, and you're watching it, and I hate you. And you really need to watch from the beginning. Exactly! It, it,
0: it builds and builds and builds the character stuff. I mean, you could watch it, it'd be fine, but it wouldn't be as good as unless you watch it from the beginning, and it started off as a high-concept, basically, Elliot Spitzer show, where Chris Noth is the district attorney of Chicago, is called the state's attorney, and he's... It's Elliot caught, Spitzer! A, he's caught in an affair <laughs> with prostitutes and his wife. She, she goes back to work because she's now on her own, and and it deals with a lot of that. First, se- first two seasons are a lot of that stuff, but it's less about that now and more just about the characters because that season's sort of over. His his scandals long gone. And Alan Cummings is a genius on the show. I love Alan Cummings. He's, um, he's 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 amazing. <laughs> he's funny Chicago, every
1: time. He's Chicago. Like fucking Alan Cummings. I love Alan Cummings.
0: Um, he's, he's Chicago's he's Chicago political fixer, and uh, he's funny, and he's he's in your face, and. He's one of the people that gets to be sort of – he gets to cut loose on the show. So, I, heard, I, watched
2: so. A, I watched a random episode again on uh, – I was on a flight. I was on a Virgin flight and I, uh, it was a short – I think it was coming back from San Diego. It was a short flight so I didn't have a long time. and I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll check this out. And like I didn't know what the fuck was going on but I loved it. like I great might break show. down and buy it. Like that's how much I want to watch this just show. Watch it on Netflix. That's what I did. Watch the – get the discs. I don't it's, get the discs. I'm only on streaming on Netflix. Oh, then you're
1: screwed. So add it for eight bucks and get the discs. All
2: right. Yeah, just – I you if you, you, I if you, I if you
1: stop watch stop them over the course of a month, it'll be before. less than the fifty bucks you got to right, pay for. I'm doing iTunes. it now, I'm doing it now, okay, I'm doing it right now. In We're in doing a, a show.
2: <laughs> there, I watched four in a row and
0: in, in, in one go. It was it's a fantastic drama. Yeah. This season was a little rocky in the beginning, but they've righted the ship.
1: Oh god, I can't wait! Hmm. I can't yeah. wait. See, I don't, I, cause it's on CBS, so I just don't trust it. I just well, figured it's for right, old yeah,
2: people. Yeah, me too. Yeah, totally. I was like, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like The Ghost Whisperer.
0: No, there's yeah. lots of dirty sex and yeah. stuff going on. I mean, it's quite, it's quite fun. It's a good. You know show. who did it? Who's like the showrunner? Who are the people? Who are these people? It's a husband and wife team. I don't know yeah,
2: who. No it okay. There's one show that should win all the awards. All of them. All of them. All of them. Louis. Louis. So fucking I like, good. I like. I
1: like when they, they jump cut during the things and the pizza's all stuffed in his one cheek.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <In> the opening.
1: <laughs> and the and the and the, the font. The whole the whole opening is is wonderful. It's amazing. You know, this is a show that is is rightfully loved, but I think the thing that I like most about it is that it, it is very willing to be whatever it is.
2: It's raw. It's honest.
1: Yeah. The, and the, that, the, I
2: mean, the, the sitcom episode, the Dane Cook episode, like, mm-hmm. wow. There, there
0: was a piece in Entertainment Weekly about uh, Louis because he was picked as one of the entertainers of the year. So they had Chris Rock write about him. And he said, first of all, that every comedian watches it, every set of comedians. And be that the, the Dane Cook episode blew their whole, the whole community's minds. Yeah. They couldn't believe he did it. They couldn't believe Dan Cook went on and did it. And they all have more respect for Dan Cook now. It's a show that's very influential to American comedy in that it influences the
1: comedians. Yeah.
2: Well, I I think we got to – not eat crow or whatever. But we got to give Josh a little credit because Josh has been talking about Louis C.K. for years. Like, oh, years.
1: yeah, no, he's the best stand up comedian working in probably the world right now.
2: Yeah, And he deserves he deserves a nod for the, at, his recent Beacon Theater release, you know, which which I watched. I watched the the, the day after it came out. It was fan. That comedy special. I, yeah, fantastic. Yeah,
1: I haven't watched it yet. But oh. he uh, but the Can thing I is, tell you all the jokes th- in
2: it now, there's a whole <laughs> bit where he
1: does. <laughs> I don't I don't think you'll do it as well. No, I've seen him live a couple of times. Yeah. And it, it's like gut bending over painfully funny. Yeah. It's, he's, he's that good at that part of his job. But this is another thing that he does. Like he, he went writes to film it, school. he directs
0: it, he edits it himself. Yeah, he does everything. Like yeah, like he
1: does. It's it's a D, it's a DIY show. Yeah, he wears his own clothes. Uh, and, uh, and, and the story behind, you know, how he got the show going is fascinating. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't need it to cost a lot. I don't want to have a crew. And and I I just it's totally like a punk rock TV yeah, show. It in is. A way. It totally
2: is. Yeah. God, I love the show, and I love Pamela Adlon. She's great. And the whole that whole that storyline of him being in love with her, like, and the, they won't give it to you. Oh, and yeah, exactly. And the scene—the scene where he tells her he loves her, like, oh, that whole episode, and then, oh, it's just—it's great. It's so good. I
1: really, I, I really enjoyed uh, sort of the highlights. I guess of the season where the the Halloween episode, where mm-hmm. as a father, he he just like he wants to be protective, but he can't. He he just felt so ineffectual, and they yeah. just they let you sit in that. For yeah. a long time like you can't do anything about it and that's terrible it, it's like,
0: not a flattering show I mean you know no. most actors are very concerned with their image and how they'll come off on screen and he he does not care how awful he comes off he's and honest. it's a very personal yeah. and honest and, thing and
1: then it, and then, it, then then obviously you have to give a note to the to the Afghanistan episode yes where I was like this is happening right now and it was this like is, an hour is, and a half wasn't it Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah this is a, this is a special award award worthy kind of thing you're doing yeah. I, I don't know what award but it, it needs some kind of award all the awards and I liked, you know, like just the relationships that he had with the other people on the tour and like his, his horrible luck trying to talk to the, the is it the cheerleader, was yeah, it? Yeah, the girl, yeah, yeah. Oh, and just he's awful at it. It was really something special. I don't think we've, we've seen anything like this.
2: No, it's amazing.
1: In a long time. It's, it's like, it's all the aesthetics of sort of do-it-yourself web video, but done in a place where more people are going to see it and it's going to get more recognition. Yep. So good uh, by, by a guy who's a genius.
2: A surprise new show for me that I actually ended up liking, which is part of the iFanboy family. Actually, up all night. It's a great uh, show from NBC. Will Arnett, Christina Applegate, Maya Rudolph, and it was the the premises. You know, they you know a couple who has a baby and it just turns their life upside down, and and that's totally not kind of the kind of show I would want to watch. But I like Will they're, Arnett. They're
0: late in life, who've been. Yeah. Like hardcore partiers, and like she he was a high-powered lawyer. She's a Oprah types, you know, executive producer, and they've had yeah. they lived this lifestyle. Now they've got a baby at, in their four, you know in their forties. Yeah. It's completely bizarre. And,
2: and so, and what happened was that I was I wasn't going to watch it because it was like you know because it's also I think very indicative of society. I think it's one of I think it's one of the one of the shows on TV now that are very reflective of of real things that are going on right now. Yes, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of the humor is very like they like they some hip new neighbors moved in next to them, and so they're both they're beefing up their Facebook profile because they want to seem cool, right? Yeah. And like so it was like things like that. That, that, and, they don't, and it's not done in a way that's not believable. Like, that makes sense. Like, that was a valid kind of plot point. Um, but I wasn't going to watch it. But then I saw, a pro, I was on the NBC app. I was just playing with the NBC app. And, and I saw like a picture of it. And I, recognize, I recognized somebody in it. And Gordon, the intern, our friend I emailed, I was like, Is Jennifer on a TV show? And he's like, Yes. And so our friend Jennifer Hall is on the show. And she plays Maya Rudolph and Christine Applegate's assistant. She's the fourth lead on the show. She's the fourth she's, lead of the she's, show. She's, she's the, uh, she steals card. scenes left and right. She went to college with us. Yeah, yeah. She went to college with us. I've known her for years. She's been working, and she was on a show. Was was on that George Clooney show uh, that the HBO. uh, Remember that K Street? Yeah, no, not K K Street. No, no, no. sorry, The, the one about actors.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't remember.
2: But anyway, she was in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, so she's had she's had some work. But she's like f- you know fourth. She's in the credits, like, and she's great. She still seems. Uh, when I first started watching this show, I made me want to kill myself because it's about a battle life that I don't have. <laughs> but other than that, like once I got over that, it's very funny, and it's and now Jason Lee's on it as my Rudolph's love interest, and like it's just it's it's really What's good. What's great is that yeah. it's not
0: it's not Will Arnett playing Job, which he's done a lot. Yeah. since as a development. He's he's a fully
1: fleshed out character who's different, who's but he's also equally funny. Yeah. Into what he's done before. Well, that was that was the thing about his last show, which was right. done by That's Mitchell the, Hurwitz, Running yeah. Wild, and I tried to watch it. I oh, made it an awesome. episode and a half, and I was yeah. like, "This is just terrible." Yeah. The, only good, thing, the only good people.
2: thing about that was the neighbor
1: was uh, Peter or Ser- whatever the British actor, Seraphinowitz. Yeah. yeah, he's great.
2: He's great um, everything he does, so.
1: but th- uh, this show, I think it, there's been bits of it that have been really good. I think some of the episodes have been better than others. Yeah. It's it's episodic. Each episode yes. is a stand on its own thing for the most part. I think I, I tend to think that Maya Rudolph is. Overdoes it a little. I
2: totally agree. Totally agree.
1: Um, and I just, I wish that it, she had a little more of a realistic tone because there are crazy people who work in TV and you can portray that without yep. going over the top like you're in a sketch, basically. I think sometimes they veer into sketch comedy with it and I think yep. that it, that doesn't service them as well. But I, th- I think Will Arnett is fantastic in this. I think Christine Applegate is really good in this. She's somebody who doesn't, she's won like a ton of awards for shows that I never watched, basically. She's
0: been working for. Yes. years yeah, yes yeah. exactly She's And she, I mean
1: she was she was like I love Nerd with the Children she was great on it yeah. that's don't tell mom the babysitter's dead groundbreaking TV in a strange way mm-hmm. um no, it's, yeah, it's a it's a good show, and and uh, some of it's very funny. I it's funny because I want that to be my life too, but in the opposite way. And it just, just they seem to have limitless resources.
2: Right? Yeah, and he's,
1: he and he's a lawyer. Like like sure, they have to deal with the baby, but at least apparently they never have to worry about. I bought you a car. Like, that's <laughs> great. That's like, you know, no one's doing that other show yeah. about. I can't fucking because it's not fun. That's why parenthood, everybody seems to be fucking loaded. Modern family. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll go. Anyway. Well,
2: that's that's a, l- a little bit of Louie is like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Up All Night's
2: great. It's great to see Jennifer part of the – and if you go to San Diego, sometimes you might see Jennifer wearing an iFanboy shirt with a, in our little entourage
1: and you could see her. That was in the past. Now. 2. No, now. she'll still be, she'll uh, be there. I know. I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, so – Connor. Wow. Wow. Friday Night Lights ended its –
0: NBC run this year. It ended earlier on DirecTV when it was on straight to DirecTV. But um, talk We're about a talk. Five, year, five year run. And also, like Smallville, an ending that just completely and utterly captured the show and ended it perfectly.
1: It was such a good show. And One day, me, Ron, was, you're going to watch this. It was so unexpected because I don't want to. No, listen. There's no reason for you not to watch this.
2: No, I know there's not. I know there's not. No, I know. I, I know. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing it. Every everyone, everyone <laughs> I know has said the same thing. I just just it, watch just, the first episode on Netflix. It's on streaming, yeah. and just watch the first episode. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, anybody, kind of, anybody I'm kind of in the said, middle of in the middle of thirty something right now.
1: So is, so is my <laughs> wife.
2: <laughs> is she is she watching it? Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't know
1: that. Oh yeah, she's totally like, she's said never she had watched it. I don't know. She's in the first season somewhere. Oh
2: yeah, I gotta email
1: her. Okay, thank you. But she's no, she's been watching that. But Friday Night Lights is uh, is Bar none – if, if not the best, as good as any TV show we've seen you know, in the last 10, 20 years. That's how good this show is. And, and it, it, I say that from perspective of I don't like football, the whole idea of it. If you were to explain it to me, I wouldn't watch it, which is why no one did. And which is why I didn't but uh, you go back in and I've gotten other people who like sports even less than me to watch it and, and, and tear up I mean it, it's just a wonderful TV show with wonderful relationships and characters and that's the kind of thing I keep saying over and over again it's really interesting because I feel like I watched a lot of really good TV shows here this year but I, we've talked about almost all of them like I actually didn't have that many since I watched that much TV show oh, I, but,
0: I, I could spend three hours talking about this yeah, show yeah I
1: know I actually I had a hard time coming up with five <laughs> but um, I'm so glad I, that I watched this show. If you are a writer or just into stories, you need to watch this show. If, if, you know what, I, w- I would go so far as to say, if you've ever thought about acting, you need to watch this show because it, it, it's actors who, who are inhabiting characters and acting so subtly and so perfectly. And then the other thing this show did that was really great is we've talked about other shows that changed their characters around a little bit because it wasn't working at first. And all of these came out right from the gate, fully fleshed out. And everything they did from that point on made sense. And and one of the things that this show did was interesting was between the third and fourth seasons, basically they changed settings completely. They reshuffled the deck completely in a way that could have really backfired on them. But it and got rid of,
0: of almost all the the yes. young characters, the kids yes. who you follow just as much as the, you do the adults. And suddenly you've got a whole set of kids, and the oh, the ones you loved are gone. And but they were just as compelling, just as interesting, mm-hmm. and just
1: in different ways. It was this huge cast of characters who you form a genuine yet false emotional relationship. <laughs> with. Uh, you know, when you know Saracen shows up again, I was like, oh! I mean, yeah. really like nutty stuff. And then it, it just it ended really well because they had time to plan for it and they had time to tell that story. This is basically all the people who work on Parenthood but doing a really, really good show. Yeah. Ooh. Fantastic. Oh, snap.
0: Now finally, uh, we mentioned it almost every season, season or time we do the show, but Breaking Bad, I think this year officially took the crown of best show on TV from Mad Men with just a Absolutely tense season that unfolded perfectly into a final episode that literally blew up and shocked everyone I know who watched it. It was – I don't want to talk about what happened because people are still catching up on it. But it was – this episode – this season was all about the main character Walter's fight with the, the drug kingpin that he worked for making meth. And with Who Would Kill Who and, and the multiple attempts to kill each other by each one and just emotionally draining every week. And it's won a lot of awards and Brian Cranston's won a lot of Emmys for it and everyone has deserved. He's fantastic. The show is fantastic. Everything about the show. When it first started, it was kind of the all also random Mad Men. But by now it's, I think, is usurped it
1: as the, as the best show on AMC, probably the best
0: drama on TV.
1: Yeah, I, it's hard to find anything to say about it that hasn't been said a billion times over. But it's uh, Did you catch up on it? Yeah, no, no. I watched it. I had, I had the iTunes season pass, so I watched it the next day every time. First thing I would do, you know, as soon as I could watch it. You know, and, and Antonio Napa has a bell, so <laughs> that's um, an honest you know, joke Cranston for those of gets,
0: you. Brian Cranston gets all, the, gets all the attention, but the guy who plays Jesse is just as good, if
1: not better, than Brian Cranston is. It's, I mean, it's an ensemble thing, at, well, okay. at least between the two of them. I think that, I mean, the fact is, I think Vince Gilligan, the, the guys who write the show are the ones who are really, like, plotting something that keeps you... You don't want to use the term "edge of your seat" too much, but I mean, no, it's, it's as true. it's as tense of a show as I've ever watched. Every single episode, and then it's like uh, it's it, remember it like it, it's like getting to the end of a uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Why the Last Man issue every time, mm-hmm. uh, and just every issue be like, "Well, oh, no, not, what? Oh, you don't want it to be over." It's that it's that thing that keeps this keeps dragging you back in, and and they never disappointed for a moment. I'm, like, I'll watch shows and be like oh they shouldn't have done that they should have done that. I've never thought that during Breaking Bad I've never thought they made a bad choice because all the choices are, are authentic and organic true
0: I agree it was wonderful I mean I, I miss it you know I miss it the same way I miss Mad Men mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. someday I'll watch that show too
1: I don't, you know the funny thing about it is like I really respect it it's not my favorite thing to watch I think it's great I don't want to not watch it but it, the tone of it is, is not it's just my favorite but like the quality of it is actually just so high that, that I don't really care like that's it. it's just so good it's better than uh better than some other shows that are on that network it <laughs> should have been good but weren't as good
2: oh i liked it anyway all right so i was, was talking a- about hell on wheels oh that show's fantastic
1: <laughs> oh it's awful oh no it's wonderful anyway. i was watching it at the same time i was watching deadwood and i think that's a problem yeah oh, that's a wonderful show
2: so that all was right. the year in tv that we've enjoyed and there's a lot more that we can, we can go on and, on and talk about tv for hours we watch too much tv and i could talk about 30 something but i won't so when you're home working all day, you got something on in the
1: background. Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, I love watching TV. I just love it. I love that there's always good stuff to watch, and and
1: we're especially golden age of TV,
2: especially now not having cable and having tablets and going to the gym and being able to watch it there and like so it's just so it's just so it's like a whole new world of TV all the time.
1: This is the end of part one. Uh, next week, you can come back for part two. Where we're going to be talking about uh, other stuff that's going on: video games, books, music, and a little bit of comics just a little bit at the end. So make sure you come back for that. In the meantime, go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this show and the stuff in here. I'm sure that you will have things to say. You can tell us about the other shows and movies and all the stuff that you liked. You can go to twitter.com slash ifanboy to follow us or go to facebook.com slash ifanboy as well. We normally do a video show and we will again, but uh, right now that show's on hiatus. In the meantime, there are hundreds of episodes uh, in the can that you can watch and enjoy. So please do that.
0: And you can email us at ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line eight 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 fanboys two two six two six nine seven. If any questions or comments, you know that if you listen to the show every week, the, the Pick of the Week show, which is normally here, we do emails and voicemails on the show. So call with your questions or discussion topics, and we'll we'll do them on the show if they're good
2: yeah and if you like what we do and if you've enjoyed iFanboy over 2011 or in the past 10 years of iFanboy tell people about it help spread the word tell your comic book store tell your friends Uh, go to iTunes write a review that helps people discover the show and uh, write a review for all the other great podcasts in the iFanboy family like Word Balloon and Tom vs Aquaman and 11 O'Clock Comics and Around Comics and all of our buddies in the comics podcasting world help spread the word it's great to get out there get out there and help uh, people discover iFanboy so that's it for this week's show next week we'll have part 2 talk about more stuff more stuff that we're enjoying in 2011 then I am Ron.
1: I'm Connor. I am Josh. Thank you very much, everyone.
2: I'm dreaming of a wise
0: Christmas.